podcast. Well, folks, we may not live in a world where people are dumb enough to think they can remake The Princess Bride and the internet is going to be happy about that, but we're here to talk to you aren't we, Colin? I am Indigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father, prepare to die. <laughs> you killed my, like, meaningless, like, who is making that sequel? Who? It's not even a sequel, people are trying to remake it. Just a, a grind up reboot because we can do everything better now. I am on two boats on this one because at the same... I, was, I, am, I think I'm squarely on one boat. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, uh, and this is a great example given to me by the Foreign Nerds podcast I was listening to yesterday. Uh, with the original Planet of the Apes, that is a classic. That is untouchable. That is unchangeable. You cannot beat that original Planet yep. of the Apes. Except for that moment in the remakes where Caesar yelled no. That is a moment that didn't exist in the yeah, original. That was pretty good. But it is a ball-shaking moment in the, like, the new remake that everyone agrees is such a masterful piece of cinema hmm. that builds up the tension and all of a sudden Caesar just no that's uh that's a thing people just kind of yeah you wouldn't have that without a remake I, I'm not totally against remake culture because there are some remakes that I I can watch quite a few of them I can watch uh, quite a lot of them I'm just thinking no that's not too great because for every I'm trying to think of a really shitty remake for every a psycho remake that you have starring mm. Vince Vaughn that was completely fucking awful. You occasionally get a Rob Zombie's Halloween, or you get the mm. who was it that directed the 2007 Dawn of the Dead movie? Because I get people hated that, but I thought it was pretty fun. I actually quite like that one. It's that uh, good. pretty good. I love that it's got Ty Burrell in there before he becomes the dad on Modern Family, and he's just yeah. an absolute pervert. Like oh, he's, he's an absolute dick. He's you see him actually just banging some lassie because she never made a porno, but since it's the end of the world, she yeah. kind of thinks. It might be kind of fun to make yeah. a porno, and he, for some reason, has a boat down at the regatta. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, why not? And then there was the zombie baby in that one. Yeah, that yeah, one's a little. The, that was that was just strange. I think someone had the zombie baby rig and thought, you know, I'm going to use this. I want to use this in this movie. I I I think they just had a normal baby one and said, "What's the most fucked up thing we can do with this?" <laughs> someone bring me that red paint. <laughs> who, has, who has red paint and grey paint we can we can solve this situation we need a little bit of purple in here for the bruising but yeah. so if, I, I don't think it's going to happen because I, I, from what I've been told that there's two uh, influential people within the movie industry that want to remake The Princess Bride mm. but there's been a lot of people standing out against it, particularly people that were in the movie because uh, Carrie Elwes he plays the Dread Pirate Robert and he's been saying no this movie is perfect do not try and re-fucking make it uh, same with Seth Rogen because a lot of people thought it was him trying to remake it. Right. Uh, Seth Rogen. Uh, Seth, Seth Rogen is not an idiot. That's yeah, he's not a moron. Dejected that one. Yeah. So I but don't think it would be him. On another level, Seth Rogen. I don't think he would make it as faithful if he made it. There'd be a lot more fart and yeah. <laughs> weed jokes in there. I heard uh, that uh, his his new movie, the the one about the kids, is apparently like a live action South Park. Yeah, I've been told that. Apparently, it's his kids. That we remember, I mean, we remember being kids in high school. We just cussed and swore everything. Apparently, it's just yeah. that. It's just South Park. Hmm. So it could be, it could be fun. Early test screenings are, or from early reviews, shit that I've seen, people are, yeah, people are liking it. Because so. that's that's one thing with uh, modern cinema is it happened and you forgot to go see it, and then it's yeah. not in the cinema anymore, and it's out on DVD or home release for yeah. home streaming. Nine times out of ten, everybody, and I mean everybody, was too busy going to see the Marvel movie to go and see the really good other movie. Yeah. Because I know I missed, there was one film that came and went, and I know for a fact a lot of people fucking raved about it, but I'm pretty sure I was away seeing some Marvel movie, or I think I was probably watching Endgame for the ninth time. Yeah. <laughs> and we, 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 we've we done that a lot more recently, because I only go there once every like month or even yeah. six weeks, or something like that. I don't hit the cinema every as often as I really would, as much as somebody who enjoys cinema really mm. should see. 
as many films as possible. But you don't want to become that that guy who's like, oh, I go to the cinema every week because there's just so many good films to see. Okay, how many times have you seen that one film that's only in certain cinemas? Yeah, I uh, I I have actually booked myself some cinema tickets though. In October, I'm going to see Weathering with You as part of Scotland Loves Anime. Mm. I am fucking hyped already, and I have no idea what it's about. I just bought the tickets wholesale because it's Makoto Shinkai, and I fucking what? love his yeah. stuff. It's the guy that did uh, Your Name. Uh, what's that one? Was it five centimeters per second? Was his one? He is just absurd visionary when it comes to like it. Mm. It it doesn't make sense that someone drew what he what he had in his head and made it look that good. Yeah. He's a goddamn master of the craft, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what this new one is because it seems like he's learning. And the one thing he's really wanted to focus on is story, because he doesn't do that well with certain stories, and he's yeah. really wanted to make this one movie that really nails it. And Weathering with You is apparently the one that will do mm. it. Like Weathering with You is the only thing that beat uh, Hobbs and Shaw in really? Japan at one point. There was a couple of other ones that are just. How, that, oh, wait, hold on, back the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw went down well in Japan. Yeah, Hobson, like, they made a massive push. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, I, I did see, like, a, a good breakdown on why we're getting so many action movies recently. Is because in the West, we're not going to see as many movies as we used to. Mm. But what we do go and see is big action movies, big action blockbusters, stuff that makes the most of the experience of a cinema. Mm. But what also works really well is that action movies translate really well. Think about the amount of really badly dubbed kung fu movies or oh, subtitled yeah. kung fu movies you watch, because there's not that much dialogue. It's not about the dialogue. Yeah, it's, it's all about big, big punchy action scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to translate those because it's a visual thing and it translates well. So there's a lot of big movies coming out there saying, look, this is why they're doing real well in uh, Asian cinema because, I mean, Transformers had one scene in Beijing or one scene in China and one of the movies for that block, like broke every record in China because it just happened to be in China. They showed it up in China. Went, oh, by the way, we featured, you know, your local landmarks mm-hmm. and people went fucking ballistic for it. And it broke... I- like box office records at the time but that was pre-marvel disney so yeah i mean that's genuinely yeah. kind of surprising to me because i i, I know a couple of people that went to see hobbs and sean they just thought it was good if they had another film with the rock and jason statham in it, it probably would have been better but mm. because they tried to tie it in to the fast and the furious universe and they had idris elba as this weird kind of black superman black superman agent thing with a super suit it was just fucking weird and I don't know. I mean, Idris Elba's... It's still not going to be Idris Elba's worst film because he's tied to the new Suicide Squad. I don't care how big a <laughs> cast you have, it's not going to be a good movie. I'm going to start before we go to Suicide Squad because you're going to yeah. go off on one. I can fucking feel yeah. it. No, that's, the only thing I really wanted to say about Suicide Squad is that what might make me go and see it is if the rumour that I've heard on Twitter and on the internet is true. Uh, you know Peter Capaldi, the talk yes. doctor? The rumour going about is that he's going to be Mr. Freeze. <laughs> and if that is the case, I'm going to fucking see it because Peter Capaldi is going to kill it. Yeah, I would just, I'm just hoping that they somehow find a way to make Taika Waititi the Joker. Just do it. Just, just fuck it. Is Taika Waititi in the movie? Yeah, he was on the cast poster. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> We're going to go see it now. Like we now need to go oh, see. I this think show I need show. to go and see it. Some of bitch. <laughs> because, I mean, there was a cast. The cast list was fucking huge. It was, uh, John Cena, Taika Waititi, uh, Idris Elba. How are they going to film Nathan John Cena? Yeah, you can't, you see, can't him. see him. You can't see him. <laughs> you can't see him. You can't we're, see what we're doing, but we're doing, we're doing the John Cena hand gesture. I'm trying really hard not to hit mics. It's yeah. really <laughs> embarrassing. This is really yeah, strange. The, the hand is at full extension, <laughs> so we don't hit the mic. Yeah, I think I might just need to go and see Suicide Squad because there's James, a lot of talent. There's a lot there. of talent there, and James Gunn's a really fucking good uh, movie maker. Uh, and I mean, it's not going to be the only DC film that I'm going to be going to see because I think I need to go and see Joker. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm hearing interesting things, and it's it walked away initially with the the Silver Line from Venice Film Festival. Yeah, an eight and then, minute standing ovation, which is a bit wanky. Like yeah, eight, somebody just time eight minutes. You're actually now eight minutes in this yeah, podcast. Well, Imagine is... the entire podcast we've been applauding. Yeah, nah, not buying it. I'm sorry, nah. eight minutes. I mean, there, there are better ways to get vigorous wankers cramp. Yeah, I, much more enjoyable, and they take a yeah. lot less less time than eight minutes. <laughs> so less time. <laughs> It's uh, I I'm interested, and yeah, I it, I get the feeling that Whacking Phoenix is uh, gonna go a bit crazy with this one. That's the thing. Uh, what I did what I talk about him doing my brother the Joker's because he did an interview with some online magazine, whatever the fuck you call it, Vanity Fair, for example. I can't remember, but uh, he was in the middle of some interview. Someone asked him, "Do you think that your portrayal of the Joker is going to influence other perverse individuals to become like the Joker?" And he just walked other straight out. Perverse individuals. Yeah, like other like perverse individuals out there that are going to watch the movie right. and just think, well, he can do it. Because like, the whole thing about the Joker is just one bad day. Yeah. You know, insanity is just a fucking a step away, that kind of bullshit. He's always just about humanity, is always on the brink of... You're always on the ledge, it just yeah. depends if you get pushed or not. Yeah. Like Madness is like gravity, all it needs is one big push, yeah. as Heath Ledger would say. Uh, and... Joaquin Phoenix quite rightly just said this interview is over and walked out well it that is a took horrific. them an hour and a half to get him back into the room well that's I, I heard that he walked out of an interview and I'm like is it just something weird is it something artistic but that's a fucking horrific question given yeah. that there was a guy who shot up a cinema dressed as the Joker yep just like two years ago yeah I, Dark Knight Rises that was 20 well actually that might be about five years ago at this point 20 because he's been 12? tried he's been tried and put in jail at this point for like yeah. a year or two I'm just thinking yeah no, Dark Knight Rises came out in about 2012, 2013, so that was about a good six years ago. Shit. Yeah. Still <laughs> we, fucking... We old. <laughs> we old. Oh, dude, it, talking about being fucking old. Uh, oh, wait, 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 real quick. Okay, yeah. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Making a film about Hitler. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo what? Rabbit looks fucking good. It looks, yeah, it looks really weird. <laughs> I mean, it looks... It's as someone who fucking loved Hunt for the Wilder People and managed to get it on Blu-ray, any little weird movie that Taika Waititi is going to make, I'm going to watch because... Uh, Shit. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, great movie. Yep. Uh, just pure Taika Waititi magic. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People, fucking spectacular. Then you talked about his more mainstream movies, Thor Ragnarok. The guy's just got a gift for making movies. Yeah. And this weird New Zealand Hitler movie is going to be fucking phenomenal. I can I can tell it. But I guarantee it's going to be mired in this whole, well, he's glorifying Hitler. It's, no, he's no, not. he's being Taking the piss out of him. Hitler. Like, it's, it's Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, but, yeah. you know, 80 years on. And, you know, after we knew what Hitler really was, I think we can make that movie now. Yeah, I think, I think it's safe. We can be bold and brave and say that Hitler was a bad man. <laughs> he was a bad man and no one should have that little cube moustache that he had. Yeah. So I, uh, there was something else in that list because I was, I was going to stop you on Suicide Squad and we talk about something else, but I think that might have just been just to be like, hey, Taika Waititi, yeah. Jojo's Rabbits. I just want to make sure that was on as many people's radar as possible. Yeah, just that is watch like this a movie. tasty piece of ass. Yeah, it's going to be good. Isn't Scott Johansson in that? Yes. Which I guess we could segue to the the whole thing of her being on Woody Allen's side. Yeah, you you again we it's well known that our, the production meetings of Jibberfish take the place or take the form of me and Colin texting back and forth. Yeah. But you said that uh, Scar Joe has just been shit in the bed recently. Every time like she And was... I don't have the energy or present uh, the fucking I, I'm tired a lot right now. <laughs> I'm, back, I'm back to you now I've been training fucking two days a week back at the gym so when you sent me the text message I thought we're recording tomorrow I'll just ask him then I can't be bored looking it up so there was the whole thing of uh, she's always been in controversy because of uh, well she was in 
it kind of for the major in uh, Ghost in the Shell because the major yeah, the is an Asian character and then all of a sudden it's been played by Scarlett Johansson and then she was going to play um, the first tra- a transgender mob character mm-hmm. in a movie and people got upset about that and since then she stepped down and I think the movie might have been cancelled since then mm. but she keeps opening her mouth to talk about issues on the lines of I'm an actor I should be allowed to play whatever I want to play Yeah, which technically correct but at the same time people want to see other people in those roles mm. people want a chance to actually see representation so it kind of gets shouted down pretty damn quickly yeah. and she said that she should be able to play a tree if she wanted to <laughs> <laughs> which okay. is a weird example to give she should be able to play any race any sexuality any orientation anything like that and a tree yeah. why and why, a, tree? Why a tree i guess she wants the role of group i guess yeah. <laughs> maybe vin diesel's getting oust out she's gonna be ousting vin diesel for although a bit. vin diesel pissed me off this week yeah stood in the middle of edinburgh filming the latest fast and furious and said who out here is scottish you're in Edinburgh, you dick. <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're they were, saying. They were recruiting extras for that movie and I was very tempted to sign up just for the shits and giggles. But Can I, like, I yeah. be Vin Diesel Stundable? <laughs> <laughs> I will not shave the beard. <laughs> <laughs> the beard will stay. I know he's taller than me. Let me do it. Please, Colin Graham. <laughs> X, X, X. Is Vin Diesel taller than me? Probably. Yeah. No, I'm, you're pretty tall. You may be. See, if you're I'm the same height, close. you should. You just I, should I should be like, excuse me, Mr. Vin. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vin Diesel, may I be your stunt double? <laughs> just write it in crayon. <laughs> Mr. Vin, I am five and a half years old. <laughs> this will get him for sure. <laughs> I am five years old. <laughs> I am five and a half years old and have a beard <laughs> and several tattoos, but I would like to be your stunt double. My mummy lets me have three scoops of ice cream after I eat all my vegetable bowls. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big boy now. <laughs> I do, my, I, I do my homework. <laughs> but I, I, she was talking about the wanting to play anything, and yeah. people were saying, well, technically, yes, but at the same time, no, there's other conversations going on that are a bit more important, so take a back seat. And uh, now she's on the side of Woody Allen for maybe molesting, maybe not molesting children because he's been accused of that in the past. And he keeps making movies about older men with really young women, and that's a little creepy if you think about what he's accused of. Yeah, didn't he marry his adopted daughter? Yeah. Yeah, maybe just take it. Maybe just M- maybe we just move him to the side, and yeah, he makes good films, but at the same time, is it worth it? <laughs> art, our separating art and artists is becoming a bigger and bigger topic, and it's really fucking tricky. Um, I think I do agree with the whole uh, let if there's transgendered actors and actresses out there. Let them take the transgender roles because the one thing that I've, I mean, it's nowhere near on the same level. But the one thing that's really pissing me off today, in a, the state of modern cinema, modern cinema, modern cinema, modern <laughs> cinema, I, I'm really tired, folks. I'm so, <laughs> a modern cinema you, uh, and TV. You had half a can of monster before you started this podcast. It's not. It was flat, and I'm tired. <laughs> I have more monster next time. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, off mic, I'll tell you why I need to stop drinking monster. That was my last monster. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Can't believe I witnessed the moment of history. I have a yeah, camera you, right there. You yeah, you should have didn't even fuck, film it. Fuck. We could have finally put the YouTube channel to use. But, and we, uh, we could have made great cinema. Ma. Cinema, great cinema. <laughs> I think that's the movie. I think that's the the title for this week. Great, great, great cinema. cinema ma. <laughs> fuck. This is this is like the time I recorded when I was on painkillers. <laughs> Guys, it's gonna be a little energy over me because I can't sit up. <laughs> I am a, I get, we should have took photos of that because I had four fucking pillows behind me but uh, the current state of uh, modern movies TV and even uh, animation and shit like that you'll get Scottish characters mm. played by an American putting on a fucking horrible accent yeah uh, latest example I've seen of that uh, have you heard of Good Omens 
with uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant. Yes. Right. Fantastic show. It's only six episodes long. Six episodes. Amazon Prime would recommend. Amazon Prime. Fucking great show. Have you watched it? No. All right. Great show. I kept hearing about it from people that kind of have a weird taste in shows. So if you like uh, decent taste in shows, I would actually listen to the recommendation. If you like Terry Pratchett and his books. Never really read them. All right. He's got a very... very read. Can't can't read. (laughs) Mr. Vin, I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) But my mum says I try really hard. (laughs) If you respond, I will get my Game Boy and batteries back. <laughs> Alright. But in uh, Good Omens, uh, what the hell is the name of the guy? Uh, Michael McKean, I think the actor's name is. <laughs> Pause uh, for laugh break. <laughs> I was immediately hit with the question of how to warm around Timothy's <laughs> if this can be understood I will get a gold star <laughs> it's just like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia he can't read he just writes random images he writes in hieroglyphics <laughs> Mr. Vin we got, we got a letter for you and it's just it's a couple of triangles and a square what, what looks to be a dog and a fish <laughs> One of the people has a cat for a head. <laughs> you mean like a cat's face? No, a whole cat. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Colin Graham. <laughs> I like that. Just get the name right. <laughs> <laughs> you get a response. Your scribbles were well appreciated. <laughs> it's always nice to hear from a fan. <laughs> it's always nice to hear from fans. Stick into primary school. <laughs> I'd apologise for the last unintelligible like five minutes but that was so fucking good <laughs> oh holy I just shit like, I just like the idea of Vin Diesel getting handed this letter and just what the fuck <laughs> it's oh, so fuck. funny that like a a ten second bit has ruined five minutes I'd <laughs> <laughs> seen <laughs> oh do you think there's an end to this bullshit <laughs> on a good day it stretches out for three hours <laughs> Oh, in the first 20 minutes, I fucking bust a gut. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't even remember what the hell I was talking about. I don't think we even need to cut that out. I think we just leave it in. So, uh, in the show Good Omens, uh, there's a guy, uh, he's, I think they call him the Witch Finder General, but it's played by an American actor. Yeah. And the accent is fucking horrible. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you just get a Scottish guy? I mean, you could have got Graham McTavish, you could have got... Anybody. There's plenty of Scottish plenty people Scottish who love Terry Pratchett, you know. Yeah, plenty we- of Scottish actors out there. Neil Gaiman, the guy who wrote the fucking script, probably knows a few of them. One of them is playing the demon. Yeah. We've got David Tennant there. He knows Scottish people. <laughs> he, tell him to go and find one. He could stick his head out a window going, who's Scottish? And get a few of them. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's weird because like, some people can pull it off. I really liked uh, Maisie Williams. Her Scottish accent and Genlock was really good. I've, She's I've English, but... You know, still Surprise. non-Scot doing the Scottish accent is, it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's, some it's people defi- can off. We we definitely don't have the easiest accent to try and uh, copy, but then you go to um, Outlaw King. There was a few good Scottish accents in that. Yeah. Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pine, lost it occasionally, but more often it, not. It pretty solid from minute to minute. You know. Yeah, it was solid. Uh, then you had what the fuck's his name? He played Quicksilver in the Marvel movies. Fuck it, I'm not going to try and uh, remember his name. Uh, Aaron Johnson. He's came with it. Yeah, uh, he put he, English, so Scottish accent wasn't really much of a stretch. Yeah. Did it quite well. There's a few. There are a few actors that can do it, but they are few and far between. 
and yeah. there's a whole plethora of Scottish actors. There's more a lot of more really bad out. attempts. That's yeah, the oh, main yeah. thing is that we always remember the really bad attempts. Yeah, and so, yeah. one of the worst in recent memory was Chris Hemsworth in that Snow White and the Huntsman movie. Oh, uh, yeah. And what if I refuse? Was he supposed to be Scottish? He tried to back out of it when yeah. people panned his accent. It's like, I just want to put a Celtic twang into it. It's like, fuck off, mate. You tried to do Glaswegian <laughs> and you failed. Yeah. <laughs> you I, failed miserably, dog. Movies that's kind of funny, though. Ah, I fell asleep. I go go back and rewatch. It, it's not worth the time, but it, it, it's okay. It's like 20... It, there's the 20 minutes of good dwarf material in there. That's pretty funny. Yeah. With Nick Frost as one of the seven dwarfs. That's kind of funny. Yeah, could be worth it. Is it worth 90 minutes for the whole 20 minutes of dwarfs in it? Nah, not nah. really. But still, good laugh. And Charlie Theron. Come on. Yeah, Charlie Theron. I actually rewatched uh, Fury Road. Mad yeah. Max Fury Road. Dude. The black and white version or the full version? I kind of chop between them because, again, I, I seem to manage to buy the versions of the Blu-rays that have both because I've got the regular, the, sort of the fucking stunning version of Fury Road, the one that was released in cinemas, and I have the black and white version. Yeah. Same with Logan. I've got both the noir and the regular. Yeah. So I've not watched it in black and white in a while, but it doesn't detract from any of the imagery, any of the cinematography if you're watching black and white. Yeah. Well, Actually, I sort of heard was I, that they kind of made it in a certain way that so that when they put it into black and white, I think they did it like a test. To yeah. Be like, I wonder if we could... Oh, it works. Yeah. Oh, shit, it works. It does. It kind of adds a little bit as well, because when you see, uh, what's her name, Furiosa looking off into the distance, I'm like, I don't know why, but that shot just looks so much better in black and white. Mm. So it, it works quite well. Same in Logan. There's a few shots, where, particularly the walking scenes when those are in black and white, when the colours are a little bit muted. It just looks a, it looks a fuck ton better. Hmm. I need. To, I do still need to watch both of those versions, like the black and white version of the the norm and the normal film back mm. again because I've, I've seen them both normally, but I want to go back and rewatch. Yeah, yeah. A, a Logan going back for a rewatch just makes all the shitty X Men movies so much more worth it. Yeah, because we had to we had to go through some shit to get a <laughs> really good Logan movie, uh, Wolverine movie. Because I like the Wolverine, the one set in Japan. I thought that wasn't yeah, bad. It was okay. Yeah, it brought one of my weird kitschy favorite villains in uh, Silver Samurai. Yeah. Because he was in some of the old Capcom fighting games with Marvel characters in them. He was a pretty good character. And then mm. that leads me into the ever-deepening rabbit hole of just, here's this book, here's this book, here's this book. Watch him in this TV show. Yeah. Yep. Then en- enter, the, the, enter the rabbit's maze of just yeah. absolute fucking nonsense. Enter the, the Marvel la- universe. The, enter the rabbit's labyrinth that is Marvel Comics. Yeah. Who was the... Uh, but the, the other thing was... Uh, we, we talked about this with like, the whole Scott Johansson thing was... Yeah. Uh, bringing it right back apparently having issues with or Marvel has lost faith apparently in the uh, Captain Marvel series yeah based on that article they were saying that with Spider-Man going the original pitch for like going forward was going to be Spider-Man as the kind of partner to Captain Marvel yeah they were basically wanting to swap out uh, Captain America for Captain Marvel and Spider-Man for Iron Man and they've done that pretty fucking well in Far From Home it would really work it would be a really good combo because you've got Captain Marvel being the straight-laced, extremely powerful character, and you've got Spider-Man being that kind of quippy, techie-based uh, superhero. Yeah, like the really disconnected god yeah. and the kid. Yeah, like how do those two get along? That's a great dynamic. You yeah. could build a franchise around that. Oh, definitely. And yeah. then Sony pulled the fucking dick card, and yeah. yeah. Although all is not lost. Yeah, uh, they are. They are still. They are still at the table. They are still at the table. They are still at the table. I went all French Canadian there. They are still at the table, and the deal that. Marvel is trying to offer them saying right 70% yours we just want 30% but Venom ooh they want 30% and Venom and with I Tom th- Hardy still there yeah with Tom Hardy 
that's a good like that's, can you imagine Marvel Marvel MCU Marvel Studios made mm. movie with Venom Tom Hardy that'd be fucking amazing because I like Venom Venom was a great movie it was, a, it was just a weird alien Tom Hardy buddy cop movie mm. it's fantastic I I don't think they'll go for it though I think they're going to say add another 10% on hours and then we'll give you Venom yeah I'm how many how many Spider-Man movies are they going to make? There was, what, two more that Tom Holland was signed on for? Yeah, uh, he was signed up for a five-picture... No, he was signed up for a five-picture deal. Mm. So he's done Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Homecoming, Far From Home. So he's got one more, maybe two more, because I remember them seeing... I do remember two more movies being made. And let's be honest, he really does kind of have that role as long as he wants it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I did hear as well, by the way, that I, I missed this um, in like the original Spider-Man that I, I watched, uh, Homecoming, mm-hmm. that Childish Gambino's character, Donald yeah. Glover's character, is actually a serious character. Like He's oh, yeah. not just some random dealer who happens to get his hands on some tech. Yeah. Like, that guy becomes his own thing later on. Yeah, he plays a character, for those, who, for those who don't know, and if you haven't seen Homecoming by now, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, he plays a character called Aaron Davis, who is the uncle to Miles Morales, Ooh. who is a future Spider-Man. But right, he's okay. also a villain called the Prowler, mm. who dresses like this weird uh, purple and black Deadpool. But he's got these cool uh, gauntlet things. Mm. Okay. Really cool villain, like serious threat to Spider-Man. I'd love to watch that. Tom Holland versus <laughs> Donald Glover, just running around the no, spider, like running around the great. full Marvel Cinematic Universe set, just blowing each other to pieces. Yeah, that'd be pretty fucking cool. That'd be awesome. I'd watch the share of that. But Sony took the toys away and won't yeah. let us play with them anymore. But the glimmer of hope is that Disney are not going down without a fight. Mm. And a several billion dollars. Yeah, seven billion dollar <laughs> fight. This is going to be the worst divorce proceedings of all time if it does happen. But um, from what I've heard on one side of the coin, uh, Disney and Marvel are trying their damnedest. Saying like we're renegotiating, we say we want this, but could we also get the use of Venom in our movies? Um, that is on one side. But on the other side, from what I've heard, uh, Disney are using all their clout to pour through contracts and try and see if they can pull the rug out from underneath Sony and take it back which is which is fair like you can either we can play nice we can be negotiating we, yeah and i think or we could find something that will fuck all of your shit yeah and i think disney are doing that right now disney are hey, what's the word they're kind of placating them they can just go we're giving you the benefit that we want you to see sense but we will fight fucking dirty yeah if we need to and i think that's what it's going to come to if this doesn't see any kind of resolution before december maybe uh, yeah. january next year which is it's it's bad it's bad it's bad kind of morals and that you can have it with one hand extending it with the shaking hand the other hand holds a bazooka <laughs> yeah you're just sitting there with a the bazooka clandestinely stuck stuck behind your back yeah like at some point you're gonna have to whip out the bazooka and you will blow everything up and you'll yeah. look like a dick for doing it but if you've got the bazooka and they're really not gonna shake your hands yeah you kind of want to pull that trigger too. you kind of want to just open fire because i think disney they have it's fair to say and fairly evident to say that disney have a massive plan for this yeah they have every step calculated and planned out for the next fucking decade of movies I think Kevin Feige himself has written down a plan for the next three phases of movies shit <laughs> that, in, that include the tie-in shows on Disney Plus which I want to get to yeah uh, so to t- have this fumble of Sony go we made a billion dollars with this one movie we don't need you guys anymore we're taking Mar- we're taking Spider-Man back with us yeah we, we got this now mm. yeah and then Kevin Feige is just I always imagine Kevin Feige whenever he's at these meetings just sitting there like, with the, the white cat on his lap like proper <laughs> Bond villain style shit just going oh really sit down at the table the mouse wants a word then fucking Emperor Palpatine Mickey Mouse comes limping in <laughs> so I think my, it, my one question about this is yeah. 
and it's something I've seen cropping up more and more is that with this whole the power grabs that Disney's been making over the last yeah, couple of years they've been making moves it, I was originally kind of like whoa when they, they bought over ESPN like a decade ago yeah they bought um, they, they bought ABC they bought ESPN I'm pretty sure they own uh, parts of Apple as well yeah how do you feel I, I do know actually that it was um, like one of their CEOs of Disney is also on the a- Apple like board of directors yeah like how much money does that guy fucking need yeah I mean at some but, point you, you could retire and buy a small island a yeah. small group of islands but as it was the Apple tech conference I think he resigned his post uh, like the day before because Apple was announcing it's like Apple TV thing which would make it a competitor to the Disney thing yeah. that they're setting up so he had to leave they had to leave one company and he was like yeah. I'm going to take Disney money over Apple money because yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the right move to make. Like. Yeah, if you want to make money, being aligned with Disney is not mm-hmm. the worst move you could make. And uh, a pretty fucking good move. But like with all these power grab, these there's big company like mega corporations, not just shell corporations, but like absolute leviathans yeah. of industries forming now. Disney's one of them. Yeah, I'd say stuff like Amazon mm. is going to be one of them. Facebook's getting kind of there. It's not. It's, yeah. it's still big enough to be eaten. Yeah. By another big company, but you've got like all like the HBO, the Warner stuff, like the War- Time Warner stuff is huge now. Oh yeah, and it's weird that because they've seen how well Netflix is operating, that they're trying to angle themselves to make enough content to form their own streaming services. Mm. How do you feel about a the rise of mega corporations, which I find really fucking scary? Yeah. I don't like the lack of competition. I, don't, I'm not a fan of Disney's strategy, of, particularly Disney's strategy of just we like that, we want it, we'll buy it. Yeah. It, it smacks of the 16 year old the, the, the stereotypical 16 year old girl or the stereotypical uh, bratty girl from the, remember the, the girl for the Willy Wonka movies yeah daddy I want that one daddy that one yeah that's basically what daddy why can't I buy an impolimpa yeah. that's what we call slavery yeah that's what we call slavery <laughs> <laughs> I want a golden goose well, buy a goose and paint it gold you little bitch <laughs> I, I ain't doing with this shit but uh, it's, it is definitely scary because uh, Disney tried to cut down the competition and put everybody under this friendly air quotations yeah. banner is, is very scary and I think I was having a conversation with a few friends recently a couple of them that do uh, marketing and things like that if Disney continue to grow at the rate they are government intervention might be a thing yeah because they get that big that they own that much the government just go hold the fucking phone yeah. we need to break you down into more manageable chunks in the US there's been a big fight it was eight Warner Cable and AT&T yep there's a huge fight to try and get that merger sorted out and I think that at this rate Disney is definitely on the on the road to that in the next three years I'd say because yeah. like, like you said they, they, it's not just little shell organisations that they're buying they bought Fox yeah they bought all of Fox's studios like yeah. all, everything bar the news and sports like fuck that shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting heat from the president we don't want fucking any of that you, you guys have fun with Bill O'Reilly over there. We're, yeah. we're good over here. <laughs> we'll just point Alex Jones at you and push him towards you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. just roll Alex Jones towards you. <laughs> They're making the frogs gay. They're making the frogs gay. They're making the frogs gay. <laughs> he's uh, like he's one of those little shake things. And he's something different. He just every time you push him or just chuck him in a barrel and roll him down a hill. Yeah. He says some random shit. But uh, the 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 streaming platform things as well are beginning to kind of annoy me because the bills add up for those things. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean this kind of leads seamlessly into what I was talking about in the Disney Plus. Uh, Disney Plus the price point for that is $13 a month. Right, so translates to Trans- about 11 quid for yeah, us. 10, 11 pounds a month. Yeah. Uh, the content that they're putting on there is basically the biggest come to us that you've ever seen. Yeah. For someone like me who fucking loves old 90s cartoons 
uh, probably about yourself, like the old X Men cartoon, the old Spider Man cartoons, even just for a sense of what Shit, did we that used would to be what? up on there, wouldn't it? Yep. It's all up there. Ooh. Even just for like, you know, what kind of shit did we used to watch? Or mm. how would Rogue sound if she was an absolute Southern Belle? Let's go back yeah. and see that shit. What would Wolverine sound like if he was a chain-smoking Canadian? Uh, let's go back and see Louise and a Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back and watch. Let's go back and watch Cajun Gambit instead of. Uh, we, let's watch some form of media Gambit because we're not getting that fucking Gambit movie anymore, are we? I, I reckon with the merger, they've just went Gambit script. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Channing Tatum's just sitting there in the full costume. <laughs> no, <laughs> he just starts pinging cards. Up. I am Gambit. <laughs> yeah. Pew pew pew. Just being card. <laughs> he starts throwing sp- sticks at him. But yeah, the, all that stuff's on there. You've got the the Iron Man cartoon, the She Hulk cartoon, Incredible Hulk. All those uh, the Marvel Power Hour shows they're going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. And then you've got the Mandalorian. You've got uh, the Rogue One TV show. All the Star Wars stuff. They all the Star Wars shit. Uh, Rebels. All the stuff from the, like the, the Clone Wars. There's all, all the, just general MCU stuff in yep. like One Division. One Division. Uh, yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I almost always say Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, like, that's just two franchises. Done. Not there yet. Not, not there not yet. There. Give it time. I think. Oh, you were going for Captain Falcon and like Captain, Captain Falcon. Falcon from, yeah, Captain okay, Falcon from Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, and then what else? What else have you got? You've got um, Loki, which people are just people are going to be disappointed by that because Tom Hiddleston's not in it much. He's Ooh. the kind of narrator. From what I've been right. told, the show's centered around Loki, but it's him kind of narrating things. From what I've from what I've heard, and then. See, now I just have the troubling idea that it's going to be kind of like, you know, the end of an Ocean's Eleven movie where they're explaining the plan, yeah. but you see the plan as it happens. Yeah, that's and pretty much what like, it is. Loki just goes saying, well, that's when I decide to introduce my extra card. And it would just be somebody who walks in and just, like, does something stupid yeah. and fucks up everything for the plan, and then it was able to be part of Loki's plan the entire time. Yeah, it turns out this was, he was just inviting chaos. But yeah. uh, the one thing that I'm kind of looking forward to, to about Disney Plus is the fact that they're bringing in new and weird superheroes. Like, you have uh, She-Hulk, which... I'm a huge fan of She-Hulk. Yeah. It was just something totally different that no one ever really seen. Uh, you've got Moon Knight, who is heavily rumoured to be played by Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Which, if you know the character of Moon Knight, is a fucking great fit. Right. But Shia LaBeouf can play fucking mental, and Moon Knight is basically insane. Is Moon Multiple Knight not disorder. supposed to be similar to Doctor Manhattan in that he isolated himself yeah. because he's too powerful, and if he decides to come back full force, everyone's no, getting in Knight, the face? Moon Knight is quite literally... Someone at Marvel seen the success of Batman and decided to try and take a stab at him. Okay. Quite literally, just started taking uh, jabs. So Moon Knight, uh, he was a mercenary in Egypt, and he well on on a mission he was killed near a temple to the Moon God Khonshu. And mm-hmm. he, when he was on the altar, it's, it reads like really cheesy nineties comics, but that's when he came out. Uh, he was killed on the altar, and the altar to Khonshu. Kind of activated, resonated with him, and the god Conchu brought him back as a conduit of his his being, his body. But it, you mean a conduit? A conduit, yes. There a conduit. Oi, oi, oi. It brought him back as a a, a vessel of his will, but uh, it didn't bring him back and give him powers. It basically just made him Batman. <laughs> okay. It gave him like, peak level human abilities, acrobatics, uh, multilingualism, that kind of shit. Just Batman minus the money. Yeah, Batman minus the money. Yeah, although. He has mercenary money. He's made some blood money. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. He doesn't have Batman money. He doesn't even have fucking Tony Stark money. Yeah, okay. But he has some money. But uh, with with being come back to life, or having come back to life and all his past shit, he has multiple personality disorder. So at one point he could be Mark Spector, next point he could be this villain that he's created, or he becomes a little girl. (laughs) 
All right then. So um, there's this, there's this fascinating kind of multi personality layer to the story, but more often, but uh, like mostly Dave, people uh, look at it and think this is just Batman. I like the idea of like a pseudo Batman just showing up, but with like pigtails in his hair. <laughs> like he still needs to do the job, but he's turned into the little girl and just like gunning people down <laughs> with the pigtails in. <laughs> just what's wrong with the guy? I have no idea. And I'm not touching up the ten foot pole. Fuck I mean, this. He's killing bad guys. We can just go home and get some donuts. <laughs> yeah, just Iron Man in the background gone nope <laughs> just flying away in the background <laughs> he does the Iron Man landing and just immediately flies back away <laughs> I, uh, I'd see something about uh, Robert Downey Jr. maybe Coming getting back involved for, for part of Black Widow yeah but the, the Black Widow movie takes place in between Civil War and Endgame right so okay. it's kind of a flashback but, but the what about thing, Budapest no one ever get, we don't know what Budapest is I, apparently I we're going to find out yeah. I'd prefer it if we didn't but apparently we're going to find out in the Hawkeye series if Hawkeye series. Hey, Hawkeye is popular. People fucking like Hawkeye. I personally couldn't give a shit because, I don't know, I just, I don't really care for Hawkeye at the best times. He's, he's a worse Green Arrow. <laughs> and Gre- Green Arrow can be cr- pretty cool. They've, they've given him the old Toriyama handjob in the latest, right. the latest run of comics. For those who don't know, a Toriyama handjob is just, this is a weak character that people seem to like. Let's make him powerful. Like <laughs> Gohan type yeah. shit. Yeah, well, not Gohan now. Gohan, Cell Saga. Yeah. People like Gohan to them. Fuck it, let's make him Super Saiyan. Let's make him this. So they did that to Green Arrow. They kind of made him, they made him a meta human, so that when he pulls the bow back, he can figure the angles and shit. It's all weird, kitschy shit like that. Right. And Hawkeye's just that without the powers and deaf. Okay. Because <laughs> in the comics and I think even in the show, Hawkeye is stone deaf. I uh, yeah, I forgot that that was part of it. I know it happened in uh, I, I was hearing about it in uh, the Old Man Logan, like mm. what in that comic like, oh yeah, yeah. No, Hawkeye's deaf and I'm like that's the first I've ever heard that yeah. the, only, it doesn't, the first time people in recent memory have seen it is when uh, Hawkeye showed up in a Deadpool comic and uh, Deadpool opened his mask so he could see his mouth and started mm. signing and f- someone said to me oh someone, uh, it was a, like a friend of a friend that I met at a convention or something said uh, I was reading uh, Deadpool recently he's like did you know that Hawkeye was deaf and I went yeah done that for a while and I said Could, how did you figure it out and he said oh, Deadpool started signing yeah. and then there's a little thought aside bubble from one of Deadpool's personalities saying Hawkeye's deaf so I want to make sure I get my point across here it's like so he can lip read yeah. so, I'm just surprised that more people don't know that because I'm pretty sure in some of the old comics and even some of the old TV shows he says I may be stone deaf but I still heard that <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think they, they looked at that and said it's too much to write in yeah, for what was, good, what was at the time just a bit character like nobody saw yeah. Hawkeye being reasonably well received in the MCU. Hawkeye was originally a villain oh same with uh, Black Widow. Black Widow makes sense because it's all yeah, about... You know, double agent. So much of the Marvel Universe is about doing the right thing and being morally upright yeah. and stuff and then you have somebody as duplicitous as a spy. Yeah. It kind of makes it a bit weird to make them a hero. Speaking, makes them a good anti-hero though. Yeah. Speaking of Black Widow, have you seen who or what character David Harbour's playing? No. He's playing a character called the Red Guardian who is Russia's version of Captain America. <laughs> it looks fucking awesome. I can't wait. Given the end of Stranger Things, the, that's a bit weird. Yeah, and his character's called Alexei. Well, shit. <laughs> and a lot of people were just going, no, you need to change the name. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. We can't have stuff. this. We, we, I, I would prefer if it somehow reveals that Stranger Things is now in the MCU, <laughs> just in a weird, like, time. Eleven just picks something up and throws it around the place. <laughs> just in the background, Eleven walks into a, show, uh, into a shot and just levels half the city and then walks away again. <laughs> what uh, was that? Well, technically, as long as it's not a mutant, it could be whatever it wants to be. <laughs> yeah. I think that 
ends are just random rambling about Marvel. For yes, once. it always ha- it always happens. You always bring it the random thing, but it just what what, what I did what, what the reason why I bring it up is because it Disney incorporating all these different things it scares the shit out of me because eventually Disney's going to own everything, <laughs> including mm. the people. And uh, I just I look at the the like the streaming services and the bills mounting up. I I had a conversation with somebody about that. They went, "Oh shit! I just remembered I didn't cancel Crunchyroll." Well, how long did you, how long's it been running for? You went about eighteen months. Fucking all those hidden little bills. I mean, that's not an an expensive yeah. service. It's about five ninety nine to seven ninety nine a month or something like that. That every month coming out and I you do just think, don't pay attention to yeah. it. Like that's money at yeah, the bank. You need, you need to keep an eye on it. I do think the solution to not uh, to reduce costs is get rid of whatever Virgin Media or Skybox you have. Because your Virgin Media and Skybox, that's going to cost you what twenty twenty five pound a month. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of that. You've got Netflix. You've got uh, maybe this new Disney Plus thing. That's about eighteen pound all in. Yeah, you still got plenty of money there. Just get rid. Of, you don't need. You don't need regular terrestrial TV anymore. There's only so much you can consume as well. That's yeah. the key thing for me. I'd never try and watch everything because you just burn out. I've cut it down to three: YouTube Premium because it gives me the uh, YouTube music, which is great. I try to start giving you the finger. Yeah, that yeah. was a good start. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like one, two, three, and I just for some reason started with the middle finger. Like, the middle finger. yeah, YouTube, bitch. So what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so the YouTube, because uh, I get the YouTube red. Uh, I'm just keeping from my finger. Get ad for okay. YouTube and I eat the music. And yeah. I watch enough YouTube to justify that cost. Yeah, yeah. Second one is, uh, it's going to be Netflix, because, yeah. duh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Netflix and all the, all the things, all the good things, um, including a random documentary on uh, Bill Gates that I'm going to watch for some reason. Oh, yeah, uh, speaking of which, the next thing I'm going to be watching on Netflix is The Chef Show Season 2. Ooh. I'm going to be making some, probably making more food than I know what to do with. Enjoy putting more effort into a cheese sandwich than you have put into anything else did, in did you Have you tried it, though? No. Shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, it is delicious. Putting um, more than one type of cheese in your cheese toasty will revolutionise your shit. Don't put any sauce in there. Just let the different flavours of cheese get to know each other. Just let the will... cheese meld together. Yeah. Put a little bit of butter on the top, let that fry off. You're going to feel like shit afterward. Internally, but just in your soul, you're going to feel like shit. <laughs> the other thing is uh, Funimation, because I need to keep up on anime and just yeah. enjoying anime at the moment. And it was, it was either Crunchyroll or Funimation, and I'm going uh, Funimation, because they do more dubs. Mm. Um, although I'm a bit confused as to one of the new shows one of the, the big shows the Demon Slayer one is getting a dub on Toonami mm-hmm. because Toonami's still a thing in the US and Toonami by the way if you've seen that back. lineup, fucking spoiling you people yeah Toonami's coming back in a big way uh, I think largely because of people like us who like 90s TV shows and can't let things go <laughs> so uh, I follow Steve Bloom on Twitter big name voice actor and yeah. voice Spike Spiegel Wolverine uh, Roger Smith from Big O whole fucking plethora really good shit that he voiced he was the voice of Toonami Tom hmm. and he was getting concert shit thrown at him saying uh, when's Toonami coming back what are you going to do with Toonami and eventually they just went to Adult Swim and said we want to bring Toonami back and Adult Swim went sure we like money and just fucking there you go all this shit's back yeah. on you get Batman Beyond you get shit tons of anime uh, Gen they're, Lock, doing, they're doing Dragon Ball Super I don't know if they're doing Gen- I think they were going to do Genlock for a bit they are, yeah, they doing- are doing Genlock Fire Force, they're doing uh, Demon Slayer, they're doing all the big anime that's coming out. They're going to do My Hero Academia when it comes out, I think. All right. Um, I'm just waiting for... A bit confused, though, as to what's going to happen with um, the Demon Slayer dub, because it should be coming out. I think it is already coming out on Toonami, mm. but it's not appearing on Funimation streaming service. I'm hoping Toonami does its run and then Funimation gets it, because mm. I've put the series on pause. I started it and got really into it, and I did promise uh, listeners a quick, like, 
recommendation that I made, and I will do that later on. But Demon Slayer is going on the back burner until the dub comes out, because I'm enjoying it. But I do want to hear the dub, and I'm just not interested. It's 24 episodes for the season, and I'm just not reading not reading all of that text. I just, nah, I'm good. Yeah. If I wanted to read that much, I'd read the manga. Yeah, just buy the manga. Or do you need to buy the manga? Just read that show online. We we support the creators, Dom. Support the creators. Read it online, save some money. It does. It really does. But I, the piracy thing is weird to see. Like when we were kind of uh, starting out, like the piracy debate was a big deal for certain things, and then it kind of went through different uh, communities. And like gaming did it like years ago. Oh yeah. And now anime did it about three to five years ago and manga is just getting there for some reason i have no idea where manga is the one like kind of trailing so far behind but there was a big kickoff uh in like manga youtube community about piracy again i don't know if maybe this is like a second cycle of it like yeah. they've maybe cycled all the way through to yeah so it kind of kicked off recently and i was watching all these people going back and forth and i was like why are people disagreeing on this like i thought we could have had all the facts like yes it does suck and it does struggle to get the the source uh get it sourced legitimately but digital streaming of these things is now yeah. as easy as netflix i mean there's so many different uh, types of comic book digital services that you can get like comiXology and dc's online service you can just download books especially with comiXology you can download manga as well if you really want to pay for manga it is there yeah but there are so many people that just like to save that little bit extra money and try and get it for free and i think that's an element that you're never really going to get rid of and and it's, it's an with. element that doesn't want to listen to the argument because yeah. they've heard it so many times and it just it creates a, a just a, a no win conversation nobody yeah. actually walks away from there going you know what I think that person changed my mind everyone's just like that person just it, it, it's yeah. discriminating against me I have no money it's not fair to me blah 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 yeah but you still want to be involved yeah and I that's the main thing the people yeah. still want to be again even going back to school when we were the playstation one days and people were getting the playstations chipped and buying a new game for a fiver yeah instead of 45 pound brand new fresh at the store mm. and the thing was always i don't want to be left behind i want to play fuck a uh, dino crisis or whatever it was in the playstation <laughs> jesus christ dino crisis dino crisis was fucking fantastic i, I, <laughs> I never see I, I only got my playstation one in towards the end of the life cycle of the PlayStation 1 because it was going so cheap so I was just kind of everyone else was moving on to the PlayStation 2 I'm like hey guys you play this new Jurassic Park game on the PlayStation and they're like Dom we've moved on from that we're getting PlayStation 2 I'm like motherfucker this is too expensive <laughs> Dom I don't know if you know this but we have PlayStation 2 now we all just play FIFA every year that's all we do all the time ever I, that always bugged me because when I did finally get a PlayStation 2 towards the end of high school well I say I got a PlayStation 2 my brother did mm. and I was just Everyone's talking about, oh, we, all we do is play FIFA and Need for Speed. I'm like, guys, there's so many better games on this fucking thing. Did you play the Lord of the Rings game? That game was fantastic. The Lord of the Rings Two Towers game. Holy shit. The Return, of the, King, the Return of the King game. Good game. Yeah, it was pretty damn good. The Two Towers game. Holy shit. Yeah, that game was, that game was way better than it needed to be yeah. for a movie tie-in. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. We had fantastic movie tie-in games on the PlayStation 2. It's Spider-Man 2. I hate the fucking movie, but the game I'll play. Oh yes, day in day out. That's those swinging mechanics. Spider-Man Two on the PS2. My God. Yeah. And then we had so many good fucking fighting games. Soul Calibur Two on the PlayStation Two. Fucking ridiculous. That's. I'm trying to remember if I played that one. I don't remember. Off the if top of you head. went to the the video games lunch club at high school, you probably played Soul Calibur. All right. Yeah. Uh, many a time but again I, I could sit and gush about the playstation 2 and it's ridiculous lineup of games how did i forget grand theft auto 
Oh, yes. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. No one played that fucking game <laughs> the way it was meant to be played. No one knows how the story ended. It was just cheats, mow down anybody that gets in your way. Let's throw dynamite into a police car and let it drive away then detonate it. And escape on a jetpack. Yeah, or uh, take your car and drive onto the water with a hover car cheat and just fly away. <laughs> we could talk about that or we could talk about a few more modern games. Yeah, let's let's do that. I've been playing uh, Gears of War 5. Yep. Um, it's been... I mean, we both played Gears of War four. Yep. You weren't you you were lukewarm on it because I, I had was, seen your Twitter posts. I was very disappointed by the uh, the complete change of tone from Gears three to Gears four. I yeah. think it was to do with them trying to marvelize it, trying to make it all snappy and witty, and yeah, buddies hanging out, and you're like, dude, this is the fight for humanity at the end of the world. Yeah. But yes, there'll be some humor, and Gears had humor. Gears always yeah, had, Gears a always had jokes, humor, but it was always like jokes about you know busting each other's balls. Yeah. The Gears 4 humour was more kind of like, isn't this wacky and zany? Like, yeah. There was at one point you are, there's a great fight you have where you're using a, a lifter, which is part of like a mining contract, and it's basically a giant elevator, and it's kind of grinding its way down, and you are fighting your way down, and it's an absolute fucking nightmare. Yeah. The horde is pouring in, landing on your, uh, like your, your lifter, and you are fighting to the death to save yeah. yourself. For those who want a, a more vivid picture of what this thing looks like, Picture the loader mech from Aliens, just smaller. No, no, I'm talking about like on the the, the lifter is just like the giant platform. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're taking shaft, the yeah. what the fuck's it called, the, the big synthesizer thing. Yeah, the fabricator. The fabricator, that's it. Yeah, oh, that's a fucking great scene. It's and, uh, it's a great fight down. And it's an absolute like it gets more and more intense. It's just yeah. more and more of the horde pour in, and you have no idea when it's going to end because yeah. even. All the characters are like we can't see the bottom of this mine shaft. Yeah, we don't we're know just when gonna we're going to finish going. it. Yeah, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Here we go. Hit the button, and you're just on the elevator ride down to hell, and it's great and it's really intense. The counterpoint to that is when you get back. I think it, during that point, that's when you free Marcus. Yeah, you're fighting your way down to free your dad, um, and you free him at the bottom. Mm-hmm. He's like, "We need to go back to the surface. How are we get out of here?" And it's the lifter. The lifter. You come back to it. It's on fire because everything got fucked up when you're yeah. fighting um and they they said oh wait we have a great idea let's fly back up like cut the bottom of the uh like weights the the cords and use ourselves as counterweights and get thrown to the top yeah the dumbest fucking idea <laughs> in all of history like jd might be the dumbest human being of all yeah. time i joked i think i said text you about this was yeah uh jd revives his father pulls him out of a pod filled with water sees all the fluid splashing around and then immediately just like why isn't my dad breathing his lungs are full of water you fucking mo- is there any basic first aid training on the he's an officer in the cog yeah lieutenant <laughs> in the cog or something i think I, I get where you're coming from but at the same time that happens so frequently in games mm. i've just learned to accept it just that suspension of disbelief is just maybe it was his dad and he was in he was gooner and the girls but i do agree with you basically for this training should be check their ways <laughs> <laughs> especially because I do agree with you there was a tonal shift and I think that comes from Marcus who is just he hates war and he's just he has to do this he's already seen the shitty side he's, of it yeah he's seen the shitty side but he can't get out of this because he's tried to get away from the gears and they brought him back in mm. JD's just not I got out clean I'm, I don't need to face the shoulders of war he has this weird kind of bright eyed optimism about him almost yeah. and that kind of that changes the tone and it does become a bit more comedic but and it does I think we just invented a new word, marvelize the thing. Yeah. And it does create this more kind of upbeat, cheery interaction. But then it kind of comes down. 
there are some bits which is uh, this is out and out gears. I think most of the game is out and out gears game, but there are too many quips. Yeah. To ultimately make it a standout gears game, it's still fucking good. I still like it a lot. I think they just wanted to give JD a bit of a different feel from Marcus. Yeah. And that the result of that was Marcus was miserable all the time. JD has to be happy all the time. Yeah. And that'll make it a bit. That'll make him a different character. Yeah. He had to be a bit more Anya than Marcus. Yeah. But at the same time, like he says, more Anya. Anya was more level-headed. Anya was smart. Yeah, Anya, it turns out, by the way, was a fucking superhero. Yeah. You will find that there's a bit more about it in Gears 5, but Anya was doing a lot more than yeah. we thought she was. Um, And it just... I feel like they went and made a gamble on the tone. It didn't pay off. And I think with Gears 5, they fixed that tonally. Mm. Like, there's a lot less than that. You're at no point ziplining your way through, like, the, the horde of locusts to try yeah. and save yourself. I think that comes from the change in the characters. Well. I think Kate's a bit more grounded. She's a bit more yeah. level-headed. And I think that comes from she has her own mission she doesn't want anyone else to help her yeah. this is on all on her back whereas jd was just kind of i'm just doing this to jd seemed like he was a kid off on an adventure and he was going to drag yeah. everyone else along I that kind of bilbo baggins thing about it yeah. she's like i'm off on an adventure yeah. kate's just like i've just found out this about my family <laughs> i need to go and fucking deal with this yeah i have shit to deal with we will i will come back to deal with the rest of the cog later yeah. and i gotta say kate as a character fucking good yeah laura bailey knocks yeah. it out of the park i i really enjoyed where she goes in her thing her like arc and how she handles it and i enjoyed like spending time with her i was worried it was going to be kind of it's a bit annoying for some reason like i was yeah, worried about people her, weren't like, happy being too about, melodramatic yeah people weren't too happy about the main character of a gears of war game being female but i was just thinking what is wrong with you you fucking idiots a good character is a good character yeah. you a know? well-written character is a fucking well-written character yeah I, I did see to. my brothers are like she's gone on about headaches a lot just take a sindal and have a nap <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh you'll see you'll see how this one turns out lads and immediately like I was texting I, I told my brothers I fixed it I I fixed it in like a, a couple days after it launched hmm. and immediately I was like please don't spoil for us please don't spoil for us I've been receiving texts from them individually as they play through the games and they get to certain points and they're like no this character and I'm like yep that character this happened blah 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 this and try not to spoil because Dom's not played it yeah I've not played but it it's, um, it's been a lot of fun to watch people go through the storyline and everyone's like I really did enjoy Kate as a character everyone who's played it through has gone Kate actually was a lot of yeah. and not like dumb fun to play with, but she was fun to be on her story with her mm-hmm. it was uh, it was a really good uh, I, I, it's a great way for them to continue the series it does end on a stupid cliffhanger, like, for no fucking reason. Like, it ends abruptly. Yeah, just like, like in a show. Okay, that's it. And it's, it ends with, like, a, okay, we have to end this story because the sequel's coming out. And I'm mm. guessing it's because about a certain point during product development, they heard about the Project Scarlet. I'm like, well, shit, we don't want to yeah. put all the effort into this game and then have nothing for Project Scarlet. So we'll end the, seri- we'll end the trilogy on Scarlet. Whereas ah, right, yeah. this won't actually end in... I don't think it needs like it's a Gears game it's going to get bought yeah people are going to buy it because I think it's, yeah. it's become one of those games where people bought it on the original Xbox and played it quite frequently it was a bit of a sleeper hit I think mm. Gears a lot of people bought and played Gears of War 1 but not many people were you know singing it for the rooftop saying guys you need to play this game then yeah. Gears 2 came out and people were just fucking you know losing their shit over it because how could Gears 2 go from this weird game in Gears 1 to just this and Gears 2 Gears 2 is the best example of the original trilogy then to take it from that to Gears 3 when they just dialed up the action and just made you do a shit ton more to finish off the series and Gears 3 probably ended the series pretty fucking well yeah the the, uh, gut punches with Dom in the series and so to go from that and move on 
people I mean, are going to be ending, invested. The ending shot of Gears 3 is Marcus on a beach in paradise in misery. Yeah. Because of everything that he's lost. And you're like, that to me is Gears of War. And I need to just stand by his side and just takes his hand in hers. And it's like, okay, like I'm here for you. Yeah. Let's just, let's be in the moment. This sucks. It hurts, but we're here together. Yeah. At we least made we it have through that. It. Yeah. yeah, we have that. Yeah. We made it through this whole battle. And that was gorgeous. I yeah. loved that moment. If that was where it ended, I'd be like, there it is. The yeah. complete trilogy. Yeah. It's done. And then they made more, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll give it a go. And I, I literally only gave it a go because it said, it's Marcus's son. Yeah. And it was because, okay, a new story, a new generation, the mm. Gears of War. I'm, I'm cool with that. As long as it's a complete clean break between the two, obviously with Gears 4, having Marcus <laughs> in it for most of it, it's not yeah. technically a clean break, but at the same time, it's just good to have Marcus back. Yeah, I think... Because a lot of people... I, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but a lot of people that I know played Gears 5 and they just thought at any moment Marcus was going to get taken off the board, just that Marcus was going to die. I just thought, I think they still need Marcus in there to be that kind of Hoffman character. Mm, to yeah. pull the strings and say, guys, go here, guys, go there. And I think that's what's going to happen to him. He's going to become the next uh, Hoffman. He was the general. Colonel. Colonel. He's going to be. He's going to step up to that position and be the kind of man in the chair directing people. So I think they still need Marcus around for a little bit, and Marcus is still pretty crucial to the story. Yeah. So I think maybe. I think he's more crucial to the story than the structure of the cog. I think you'll see play Gears Five. You'll see what I mean by that. Yeah. So I'd I'd say that yeah we we need Marcus around, but it's not for the cog. It's for the story. Yeah. Um. Especially with uh, playing this during the playing it last night on, on Twitch just to like wrap up some achievements and uh, one of the really shitty things JD says is he, Kate says look your dad he loves you like you know your dad and, he, and JD says yeah you'd know more about my dad loving you than I would and it's like what a shitty thing to say to yeah. your friend when she's just trying to be there to comfort you fuck yeah. you JD but it's not like he lost her mother in the last game <laughs> maybe she's looking for some kind of uh, parental figure support <laughs> some kind of parental figure to take her under wing or the support of her friend just a little bit of backup yeah, while she in, deals with these horrific nightmares that she has yeah. but in Gears 5 in Gears 4 you've got this kind of upbeat JD character but in Gears 5 from what I've seen can I quickly just amend that these horrific nightmares she has about cutting her own mother out of a massive tentacle monster yeah. and therefore killing her yeah you can see yeah. why she's she's a bit you know if she's, for a, if she's a bit defensive on the whole yeah. family relations thing yeah she should be <laughs> yeah but a JD kind of has this weird transformation for what I've seen because like I said my, I was always going to let my brother play through it first because it was the one game he was looking forward to and he still fucking plays it religiously uh, online and shit plays a bit of horde mode and plays the new what's it called escape escape yeah plays a bit of that and uh, from what I've seen JD kind of he has this the start of the game where he's all just right I'm back in the cog I look a lot more like Marcus because I've shaved my head <laughs> that uh, i don't know why they shaved his head i think it was i mean i think it's just as a transformation thing because of what happens at the end of chapter one yeah with the mortar or something uh do you want me to kind of send me spot for you i think and I, it's, it's something that he gets and no it's the hammer dawn he gets yeah. hit by he gets well he gets there's an accident involving the hammer dawn and uh, he's involved in an explosion and it scars up half of his face yeah and i'm assuming at one point he was just given a shaved head in the hospital yeah. and he was like hmm shaved head yeah. okay I can rock this I've went full circle because yeah. <laughs> he's got the weird sort of stimpack thing over his arm which is a super cool design yeah like, really cool all the all the, there's always when it comes to like uh, characters in the Gears universe they have so much character in so little design because most mm. of them wear the same uniform yeah just different colours or different shit and, and when it comes to like the, the outsiders they've all got like tribal tattoos or like mm. they've got weird quirky charm stuff going on 
but they're all on the same kind of scale like there's nobody that's that much bigger than anyone yeah. else except for the Coltrane and Carmine uh, yeah. Clayton Carmine and they there's a few characters a bit bigger and a bit different but most of the personality comes from like the little things that they have yeah. Yeah. and uh, JD's like robotic like stitched up arm type thing that he's mm. got going on is amazing yeah you see it like, it's so well textured and it looks so raw as well you see it, you're like, oh, it looks painful yeah, it looks because like, oh. when you see it pulsing you're just thinking that is what's keeping you from screaming out in pain 24 yeah. 7 and, and that was another thing that not- barely yeah yeah, definitely. Because you just think at some point she's just clenching the fist. That yeah, you're you're gonna punch someone if that wasn't there. Yeah. But one thing I did notice talking about the production and the design of the whole thing that's a definite step up from four. Because four had this the Xbox One sheen on it. It was mm-hmm, new, yeah. it was HD. Then you go from that to five and just think you definitely turned a dial because everything looks fucking crisp. I feel like this is the the first gears that's ready for the next generation. I know it's like the next one we made for Scarlet. Yeah. This was one where they're like, what if we have everything ready so that when Scarlet comes out we flick some switches the ray tracing comes on and all hell breaks loose in the graphics department because yeah. it is amazing if you've seen so, there's some stills from it that people have taken um, chapter 1 is on a well, part of chapter 1 is on a like a paradise island I think mm-hmm. it actually is the end of Gear Steed the same place Yeah, uh, Azure Azure sounds about right yeah, I'm pretty I'm 90% sure it's the yeah, island from the end of Gear 3 Azura. that's yeah, where you Azura. find Adam Phoenix yeah Adam yes. Phoenix because um, you find his glasses as a collectible in oh, Gears right. 5 because I found that last night I just happened to see it I was like hey what's that little sparkly thing over there and just wandered over oh it's history oh right uh, it's ooh. what happened at the end of Gears of War 3 um, and then uh, somewhere in between uh, the 45th and the 46th time that Marcus shoots Reavers <laughs> uh, like there's a chunk of it, it oh, good chunks of the game are in cities which is where Gears kind of belongs with its cover based system yeah Gears, um, Gears takes place in, the, in a lot of concrete jungles and a lot of places that have been destroyed like big concrete structures that have been destroyed and in this it's up to the fucking next level yeah um, and then second chapter is in a kind of tundra there's an icy tundra to the north yeah. and then third chapter is in the UIR or it's an area of uh, it's like a red desert yeah. and some of the screenshots from both the red desert and the, the tundra holy fuck yeah, that's the the russian area where you find one of the guys from paddock paddock that's the guy's name yeah yeah so i found the group photo of like uh like squad k uh, yeah that squad was Kilo. Um, it was baird's other squad yeah baird's squad from the game that we don't talk about yeah <laughs> i didn't i forgot your judgment uh, gears of War judgment. yeah i bought it for oh. my brother because my brother was just so excited to play another gears yeah. game because it was in a bit of a drought I bought him Judgment and he just looked at me after he finished it and went, why? <laughs> what I do to you? <laughs> I thought it would be good. We all did. Yeah, everyone thought Gears of War Judgment would be good, but it was just... I didn't think of that. I didn't realise it would be in that game. It was some kind of... It should have been an arcade mode DLC for Gears 3. All ah, right. The fact that it came out just was unnecessary. Yeah, I think it was... Was that not like the last bit of that engine or something like that? Yeah, that was the last sort of trying to drain what they could out of the Xbox 360 before the one came out. Yeah, then the one came weird. out and then we got Gears HD and shit like that yeah when you I think they released it like Gears Judgment came out and then a month later like here's the HD version of one yeah, just Gears uh, Ultimate off. Edition just to say we're sorry <laughs> <laughs> I um, I, I just those the, the way it looks is so amazing it looks amazing the uh, they spend a lot of time on a skiff which is like a kind of sailboat yeah, like type thing yeah. amazing like I, I could honestly drive that thing on the ice all day and it's great because they made it worse on the sand because it's designed for the ice, but it worse on that. It feels different on both environments. I'm like, how do you know to do that right? Because yeah. that's the right way to do it. But how did you know to do that right? 
because I was playing with it on the ice. I'm like, I could drive this thing all day. I got it in the sand. I'm like, I just want to get to where I need to go and then get off this fucking thing. <laughs> Burn it down, just fire grenades at it and the same destroy thing. it. There's no mods to it. There's no add, add, nothing to add to it. They say, oh, we tried to make it run a bit better on the, the sand. I think there's like a bit of dialogue about that. Hmm. But um, it's just the yeah. same shit. It's just, it's the same shit, but it controls slightly different and it kind of annoys you in a weird way. Yeah. But it's, it's good that they did that. Yeah. Because it would be, it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it, it makes it, it adds a touch of realism to it. And, the, and I think uh, that's what helps the game along. The the banter as well, because we're talking about Gears 4 being too quippy, the yeah. banter is completely different because it seems like if you wait around long enough in an area or if you just spend enough time with two characters, they will start talking through some kind of pre-made dialogue to mm. pass the time and to fill in the any gaps. You can ignore that. Like, if you sprint everywhere, it cuts off conversations. So, like, you would be talking about something that doesn't really matter to the yeah, story. they're just making a banter, idle chat. But if you sprint, there's enough time for the story dialogue to happen. And then, but if you were to walk, you'd have enough time for story dialogue and then some just hanging about banter, yeah, which develops the, character relationships. Idle chat, yeah. It's quite good because I went into Baird's office at one point in Gears 5 and was just hanging out. It's him talking to his AI. His AI is learning sarcasm and they're giving each <laughs> other shit. And you could just stand there and listen to it. And it gets to, like, ridiculous levels of, like, them talking about Baird's sex life. You know, like, this is so unnecessary, but it's great that you guys sat and, like, wrote all this out and yeah. then had them play it through. And then if I if I leave, I never hear this. If I stay, I get the whole horrific treatment. <laughs> you know? I get to enjoy the horror show that is, like, Baird's shit talking in the AI. <laughs> it's great. You can, although you can imagine it, it's been well put into the story that if Baird could make something an AI or an artificial, uh, artificial being, it would be a sarcastic motherfucker. Because mm-hmm. Baird at no point has been a, a regular just kind of, oh, okay, I'll do this. It's like, fine, I'll fucking do it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the, the bit where, in, I think it's in Gears 2, when he's trying to repair Jack after he gets hit with a random shell. And he's trying to, he, no, it's when he's trying to fix the, the the boat when you're going underground. Yeah. When you're going up there, going through the water. And he's like, okay, you do this quicker. Oh, wait, no, I'm the technician. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm the only one who isn't a fucking moron here. <laughs> Like Cole, can you do this? No, you're a football player. Sit the fuck down. If I need a football pass, I'll ask you. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for showing up to my TED talk now. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm busy here. He's he's good like that and they're very consistent in the um Yeah, all, they keep the characters well defined. And, and the cast them. that comes back for part of the game, you're like, this is it's great to see the old gang again. Yeah. Seeing Coltrane come back, like, yes, baby. <laughs> see, at this point, if they ever did make a Gears War movie, there's only one person that could play Coltrane, and it's the guy who voices Coltrane. Yeah. Lester Spate, is, it could only be him. He lives that life. He yeah. just is Coltrane now. They don't write any dialogue for him. It's just like, say what Coltrane means. It's like, fine. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about how like, how much we enjoyed the, the war. You can guess what the gameplay is like. It's another Gears of War game. Yeah, oh yeah. They made one teeny tiny adjustment though, to gameplay, what? and it is fantastic. Other than Jack, you can use Jack to like uh, flash people. And yeah, he's got you, abilities and stuff that are playing the game, and you can use them or not. You don't really need to. I played most of the game forgetting I could use Jack to yeah, do shit. Because more often than not, you're used to Jack just appearing behind people, opening a door, then disappearing again. Yeah, but having them with a bit of utility is just something we're probably not used to. And it's it's, it's good. It makes it a bit gives you options when you're stuck in a corner. You're like, right, how do I get out of here? Oh wait, I can use Jack to flash people. That distracts them. I can jump to other cover and get a different angle. Then I can get you know the high ground through a grenade open up on some guys who weren't expecting me to be at a certain place it's very good like that mm-hmm. the main change they made though was uh, like weapon abilities so you have the lancer grenade launcher mm. not the biggest fan of it fell in love with it last night um, and then the lancer traditional version their uh, tr- their actions have always been like the, the right bumper mm. but if you had 
uh, a lancer out, which is a typical weapon. It's how I spend ninety percent of the campaign is yeah. with a lancer in hand because it's the best gun in the game, one of the best guns in gaming of all time. Yeah, who thought we have an assault rifle? But what else can we do with it? Chainsaw. A chainsaw, and uh, they they took that and said, okay, if you, you ever want to melee somebody, it's B. But if you want to rev that chainsaw, hold down B, rev the chainsaw, then shove it through someone. That's how it's always worked. Hmm. Now if you have a lancer, B is just a melee. B is like just a punch or you hit them with the butt of the rifle. Hmm. Your grenade or your, your weapon ability is the the lancer. Like you hold RB hmm. and it's you rev the, rev the chainsaw, but you have a separate melee attack. You have no idea how much this saves you in Gears of War. Because hmm. it's always been if you held B with a lancer in your hand, you rev the chainsaw. And it's an it's an involved thing where you like you rev the chainsaw, you've got to wait a second for it to rev up and then you can put it through someone. But you go through like a whole animation. You don't have like a quick melee attack when you've got a traditional answer in your hand. Mm. But you do now. And it's nice. such a small thing. Yeah, it's a little thing. But oh it makes all the difference. It's so good. I, I I found it out the when I was panicking at one point, you're in the sewers and there's like ten juvies coming at you, who I will say have become one of my favourite enemies in gears. They're not hard. They're just yeah. like the little the, the wee gold creatures that run around. Yeah. They they don't matter. They're like you can kill them with a single melee attack on an intermediate. They don't really matter that much. Mm. But they they're so right for the atmosphere, for the for the new version of the hive for the swarm, and the fact they make this weird chimp noise, this kind of whoop 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 noise thing that they do occasionally. You just hear it in the background with tons of echo, and you're like, oh shit, it's gonna kick off. It's so thematically appropriate it's great yeah. i love hearing them I'm like it's about to go down but i'm locked and loaded but i love the fact that i'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive whenever i start hearing that kind of whoop noise it's good it's a really it's a yeah. nice enemy to add but i was panicking fighting like 10 of those just started mashing b and started stabbing people and i was like wait i shouldn't be i should be like chainsawing everything in like a 10 mile radius but no it's a quick melee attack that you get uh, don't you have a knife or something on you mm-hmm. you just start stabbing people if you don't use the knife you just batter people with the butt of the gun it's good nice but yeah, would definitely not, recommend Gears for yeah. fans. And there are some elements of Gears of War Five where it, it does become an absolute horror movie because there are parts that I've seen. Like I've said, I've not played the full game yet, but there are points when you're playing as either, well, you can only play as JD or Kate, but you're going through these kind of tunnels, pitch black tunnels. Yes. You just have Jack as the only light source, and you see shit constantly scurrying about in front of you. Yeah, and you just, I think you're on your own. You've split up at this point. And you're just, that is fucking cool because Gears has always been the had this kind of horror element to it mm-hmm. where there's just enemies can sprout out of the ground or there's parts where you have to be stupidly quiet yeah. and navigate through a very tight system of corridors otherwise you get a fucking berserker breaking down walls and splitting yeah. you in half it's a, it's a horrible it's not so much a horror game as it is a horrible world to live in yeah and Gears are very tense play with that. moments and uh, the, I'd say the best example was the introduction of the Sires in is it Gears 3 Gears 2 I think I think maybe Gears 2 or think uh, Gears 2 because you find all the sires and the tanks and yeah they're all in these tanks and malformed it was, and it was a project to try and merge this the humans and the locust or make a new form of locust that would serve the humans mm. or something like that and it went horribly wrong surprise surprise but it's an abs- it's nightmare fuel yeah, I always took that and as Gears goes back to that theme at some point in 5 it's good no. I always thought that the sires were just how they made new locusts because I always thought that locusts were just mutated humans um I've got, I'm going to hazard a guess gonna and say learn the next shit point in, in this five. is just play Gears 5. Yeah, you're going to learn some shit <laughs> right. in Gears 5. But yeah, I will get to Gears 5 after I finish Borderlands 3. Cause speaking of which... Speaking of which, I'm going to jump into that and I'm going to tell you the bad shit first because there's many, many a bad point about it. In terms... I mean, gameplay, solid. Uh, story, probably the best example of the Borderlands formula yet. 
Right. Uh, but issues wise, there are many. <laughs> uh, Performance wise, because I'm playing this uh, couch co op with my older brother. I uh, said so we've played all the Borderlands games. I think it's the best way to play the Borderlands games. Yeah. Uh, couch co op or playing it online. I'd say, I mean, when I say what I'm going to say in a minute, you will think, okay, I'm only going to play this game online because the alternative is I suffer the problems that Dom did. And uh, the characters that they've put into this version of the game are just they don't fall into the same subset as the other characters did because you're always expecting there's going to be the a soldier uh, soldier there's going to be the siren and a ninja the ninja and there's going to be the the weird character that no one really knows what (laughs) uh, where they fit in but this time they've kind of turned that on their head because the the tank character is also the siren the ninja is also the the kind of the tactical person is also uh, also this kind of sneaky weapons master and then you've got the another character the Beastmaster that just has all these little minions that can go out and fight for him right you've still got the soldier but the soldier has a giant mech called Iron Bear see that's weird because in the previous one there was a very set in like 2 sorry Borderlands 2 mm. there was a character where you could um, like you had a mechanical beast it was like a DLC character it was part like Doctor's oh, Ed yeah, thing um, that is Gage the Mechromancer Mechromancer yeah. yeah that was a class in, in and of itself and that was a pretty cool class yeah. my brother like milked the shit out of it yeah you could send uh, his beast his like mecha thing yeah, out I to think, fight a boss uh, Death Trap it. it's yeah. Death Trap you could use Death Trap to horrific effect oh yeah and in Death Trap or using Death Trap you could uh, give him abilities that allowed him to extend his duration mm-hmm. by killing other enemies yeah. So when me and my brother were playing it on the PlayStation 4 recently, uh, he was using this ability to fight the final boss. Mm-hmm. So we were off we were off shooting the the destroyer. But is it the, no the warrior? Uh, the warrior's the final boss of Borderlands 2. We were sitting shooting like, round after round into the warrior and then Death Trap is just flying around the place, battering anything that fucking moves. Like all <laughs> these little bats and shit are flying at us. He's just like fucking stabbing them. And uh, because he'd built up so much duration, he was just killing things. During the ending cutscene, Death Trap was just zipping about the place, killing things. Because <laughs> like, Jack, he stayed Jack, around so long, he lasted through the credits. He lasted through the cutscene. Because <laughs> uh, Jack's trying to crawl towards the uh, the vault key, and then he gets finished off by I think it's Lilith, and then uh, Death Trap just zooms through both of them <laughs> and, and stabs. Because uh, you could give him these weird sort of electro Wolverine claws, yeah, and he would just start mashing shit up, and he just darted across the screen killed something that was running at them then ran back through them again and just started killing them and that went on through the entire cutscene <laughs> he was just zipping about killing shit but yeah Death Trap was Death Trap was OP as shit so they added that to the soldier class they added that to the soldier class except you can control Death Trap you jump in and it's a kind of giant Gundam thing with missile pods in its shoulders oh, okay. and Gatling guns and shit but and it's totally it's totally different to any other a soldier class because soldier class was traditionally throw down a turret and then you and the turret act as this kind of you shoot this way I shoot this way you can yeah. add different effects to the turret like it could heal your shields or it could heal you yeah. that kind of thing but in this one it's just, you are a giant walking turret and people can jump on your back and control a turret that's on the, the mech right. so there's that kind of there's that kind of additional uh, party play to it and you can just uh, if you've got four players on it because I've never played it with four players yet they can also jump onto the back of Iron Bear mm-hmm. and they're just hanging off the back of it shooting enemies that are coming at it. Pretty okay. fucking cool. It's, there's a definite element of we need more uh, co-op play in this and Iron Bear centers around that quite nicely. And So uh, you've got Moe's, who's the gunner class with Iron Bear. You've got uh, Zane, the Irish uh, hmm. 
the Irish operative who has this uh, digi-clone thing where he can send it clones of himself. Right. And the clones have copies of whatever gun you're using at the time. And, and they, they actually work as... And they work as independent characters. So they, they have after-image, basically, yeah, from after Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and they, he just runs about shooting things and, they, and, of course, the clones are Irish as well, so they're making quips all the time. And... Uh, he has this weird thing where he can equip two different action skills at once right but it sacrifices grenades but okay. you don't really need that if you have three different versions of yourself running about the field with a high powered weapon yeah I was going to say in Borderlands the main reason to have grenades is to get someone out of cover yeah. so you can shoot them it doesn't really matter if you're here and also at a 45 yeah. degree angle <laughs> and there's a third version of you at this side yeah and it uh, was the other character I Flack the Beastmaster who's voiced by uh, Sung Won Cho Pro ZD mm-hmm. uh, just as a kind of a side thing I was on Twitter recently and there was a a cosplayer who cosplayed as Moxie and she's quite famous on Twitter because she's blind completely blind right and it was a really really fucking good uh, Moxie uh, Moxie cosplay and one of her tweets was uh, so so glad that there's a gender neutral character in Borderlands 3 Flack he's a robot doesn't identify as any gender I thought that's cool Borderlands has always been fucking fantastic for representation yeah a lot of different like, sort of different uh, genders you've got all the different uh, like sexual orientations and they don't try and hide it mm-hmm. uh, one of the main characters Sir Hammerlock is like openly gay in the series yeah so it's always been good for representation but then the, the, the next part of the tweet was voiced by a gender neutral actor and I thought Pro ZD is not gender neutral <laughs> and that kind of made me think is he? so I started looking through and I'm like I can't see anything but Pro ZD being gender neutral yeah. like, it, it didn't make sense it did kind of make me think I was like I need to tweet Pro ZD and find out more about this just at ProZD, are you gender neutral? This woman is. This woman is making me ask too many questions. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never really see anything about him entering that I don't conversation. Think he is. <laughs> yeah. He's just. I'm doing voice acting online and shit. Apparently, he's been doing that successfully for five years now. Mm. Good, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. It's, 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 he was in Red vs. Blue, and he was in. He's in Genlock. He was in Ruby. Yeah, he's been making he's making some waves, but it, it was weird that he was he's so obvious in all of it though because I can instantly pick him out just because oh, yeah. of the amount I've watched. It's definitely the same with Flack in Borderlands Three because yeah. he's got someone show has a very deep voice. Yeah, and all they've done is put a kind of synth line through that, so he has that weird kind of buzz ah, right. behind his voice. It fits the character very well. Yeah, because what you find an echo tape, which is you know the echo device, it's your main kind of HUD thing where all your yeah. menus and stuff are. You find an echo tape, which is his kind of one of his recordings. And uh, he's talking to the guy that built Flack. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to him and says, Master, I've developed a thirst for <laughs> for killing humans and I want to explore this more. And he's, his creator just goes, what the hell are you talking about? He says, do not worry, sir. I will not kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to intro Flack. But uh, Flack's, main, Flack's main thing is he can send out three uh, beasts. Uh, one of them's a bat called a rack. The other one's mm-hmm. a skag, which is the weird kind of... Dog things. Dog yeah. things. And there's another one called a jabber, which is a little monkey that can put a gun in his tail. And swing about and shoot. I haven't seen the Jabbers before. Uh, Jabbers are a new creature, but he has three uh, beasts that he can send out at any point and they act independently. Okay. And they all uh, share health and upgrades and stuff mm. with the other characters. So there's definitely that big emphasis. Especially I'm surprised they didn't bring back the Golly Monks. <laughs> oh, the Billy Monks. Billy Monks. Oh, did. Is there not one called the Golly Monk? I, at don't one point, they, I don't think they can get away with something. I don't think the they can get away with any of the names. That. I'm very surprised that they, I think they're still like, they've got the midgets in there. Oh, they're, called, they're called Tinks. No, oh, they're right, called okay. Tinks now. Not surprised by that one. No, they can't call them uh, because there was the shotgun midgets, the psycho midgets. <laughs> Apparently, they got they got flack for psychos. 
but they just yeah. well, we're not calling them psychotic we're just calling them psychos yeah their their cult is the psychos that's yeah. why there's the, the main cult leader is psycho steve who yeah. appears in gold bedecked with his you know two fingers up in the air for peace but also a massive saw <laughs> <laughs> well it, i think steve died in Aww. borderlands 2 so you're not gonna hear him go hi in this in three i think he's been canonized though there's, there's a great piece of digital artwork that they put out yeah and it's it is just like a massive it looks very stylized to look at, and there's so many details if you look into like the hd version you can like zoom in on people's zoom in on little things like i saw um there's like psycho steve in like waist deep in roses but if you zoom into the f- roses it's the faces of characters yeah and i'm like oh, oh that, that, that's beautiful yeah <laughs> And there's definitely there's a lot of this kind of we're gonna take in, take into account all the previous games. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna bring in parts of Borderlands the pre sequel. We're gonna bring in parts of uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, although quite a lot of people were pissed off that uh, the main character Reese, who was originally voiced by Troy Baker, is now voiced by Ray Chase. And apparently, uh, again, I'm not taking sides on this. I'm just ma- merely reporting what I've heard from one side on a. Uh, a gearbox and 2k they're saying that troy baker was asking for too much money ah, right. troy baker was one, yeah. not pleasant to work with and we did i've met troy baker a couple of times he's a pretty fucking chill dude <laughs> uh, and he's troy baker if he's everywhere if this was yeah. an issue we'd have heard of it exactly. about <laughs> and then the other side of it is troy baker he wasn't even approached by him they just totally cut him out they sidelined him got another actor in for cheaper mm. uh, and so there was always there was this issue behind uh, reese's inclusion and not having troy in but it uh, there are points when you think oh that does sound like Troy Baker but that's just because Ray Chase was probably told make him sound a bit like Troy yeah make him sound like the previous character which I thought that's pretty shit but yeah it, the whole it point job's the job unfortunately job's a job, it's, yeah. it's really no shame on Ray Chase I mean yeah. he's probably just been told can you do the job yeah. like it's gonna be sucky but yeah, we're, we're gonna deal with it but that kind of mired down the production of Borderlands 3 because there were so many points in the game you think well Claptrap sounds different oh that's because they fired the other guy ooh and then, that one's messy. That one's yeah, a that lot one's really messier. Messy. That you. one could be lawsuit messy. Yeah. And uh, then there's other things about a uh, 2K, you know, strong arming people sending the heavies to the door yeah. and shit like that. So Borderlands they had a messy production, but I'm I'm glad to report that the game is really good. Yeah. But the the issues that I'm just talking about. I was gonna say you had some serious. Yeah. You were talking to me about it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> the offline co-op is laggy as all hell. If you are both in menus, it is fine. If you're both out with the menus, totally fine. But if one player's on a menu and the other one isn't, you move it two frames a second. That's so weird. It's horrible. Mm. Uh, at some point, the screen orientation just flips. Literally, you could be playing uh, vertically, and it'll just change the horizontal bar. Dude, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. I do remember there was an option at one point. Like you, That was an option in a menu. You could go and say, would you like to split the screen vertical or horizontal in like two? Yeah, they, you can still do that. You can still select it, but it can just do it randomly. Depending on uh, oh, which is, is which is which is a bit shit, but at the same time they're going to fix it. Mm. Uh, another thing that is a huge fucking bug that I want them to fix is they have uh, in the main ship that's called Sanctuary because mm. they've taken off from Pandora. They found that there's other vaults out there, so they're going around there trying to find the other vaults. Yeah, uh, in each of the characters' sort of bedrooms, they have this thing that's like a weapons locker, so you can store weapons in there and it gets shared between all your different characters. All right, cool. But so if you're playing, I'm playing on my profile. If I put all my weapons into my weapons locker, if I start a new save, just say Zane the operative, it can get transferred from my siren 
so that when my car, my operative starts out, they have a legendary shield, a legendary uh, rifle. Right. So it can give your characters a boost. It means you're not selling off legendary weapons unnecessarily. Yeah. Keep them for other saves. Uh, if it doesn't fit for one character, you can make it yeah. fit on another. Just chuck it in the box. And yeah. Just wait till they level the up a bit, and then boom, he's got a yeah. uh, level eight legendary SMG. Yeah. Really good system, but it doesn't save this the second player's vault on court mode. Oh, I shit. had twenty five legendaries in my weapons locker that I just happened to come across because I'm a lucky son of a bitch in Borderlands <laughs> Three. I just seem to trip over legendaries. Yeah. I lost all of them. Shit. And I, I went online because I was fucking furious. I'm like, dude, I had 25 legendaries. That is the most I've ever had in the game. I went and looked it up and apparently this shit just happens. And not just to the stuff in your weapons locker. Uh, all your skins get deleted. If you, Unless the, the, the workaround that they've presented now is... I was saying, when you say this shit happens, does it mean it's intentional? As in Gearbox said, we can't have you like piggybacking on someone else's no. game, shifting shit over. Or is it... Uh, it's it an should, accident that happens. It's an accident that happens. But like Fuck. I said it's not it just happens like literally if you close the game from the player one's perspective it only saves the player one's data oh. which is fucking horrendous because I had spent uh, you know what Iridium is from yes. Borderlands 2 Iridium in this game is used to buy skins emotes uh, it's premium currency premium currency yeah and you can buy these guns called anointed guns mm-hmm. which are character specific so if you're playing a siren like I am you can get an anointed revolver yeah. that deals whatever element you've got equipped at the time Okay. So if you've got a if your action skill is corrosive based, you shoot corrosive bullets at people. Okay. And yeah. it's really good for me because I have fire equipped on my siren, so I'm just blasting people with like 800 damage revolver bullets. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, so just to to ask, like when you you're playing with your brother, you finish for the day. Yeah. You like he saves quits. He gets all his shit back if he transfers it. Yeah. You, if, if his stuff is in his weapon locker, he gets to keep that. But if I put mine in the weapons locker, unless I leave first. Right and then it saves my version if he just quits the game and it kicks us both out all my stuff will get deleted oh that's how it happens yeah right okay that makes it a does, bit more sense it doesn't recognise the second player as having saved because mm. it, it recognises me as oh you're another profile joining this one I'm only going to say from this guy's perspective because I I assume it could be maybe it assumes that I'm online and I right. it'll save somewhere else I'm not sure but it's a pain in the arse so I sp- if you save first you leave he stays there till he sa- till he logs out yeah, if I if right. I save and leave, it's fine. But yeah. if you let the first player just log off, the main and player you, logs off, yeah. then it fucks. Yeah, then it fucks shit. Right, because I was going to ask, like, if you were playing, you finish for the day, brother or brother logs out, so you get kicked out. Yeah, in a sense, what happens when you log in the next day? You would you still have all the stuff that you were previously equipped with? Or? I would have all the stuff in my inventory, but all the stuff that I put in my weapons locker, some skins and some uh, headpieces would be deleted right okay and they are as far as I've been led to believe Gearbox are currently working on a a way to fix this but it will not bring back any legendaries that people have lost yeah what's lost is lost at this point yeah and which annoys me because I had pretty good shit yeah I'm just at at this point I'm probably just thinking just continue with the character finish the game because the Siren who I'm playing as I kind of didn't give the breakdown the Siren the Siren is the very tanky melee based character a lot of health pretty high shields uh, can melee fucking tons of damage into people and her uh, action skill is she does a big kind of ground pound and punches because uh, she's got her uh, siren ability she grows six energy arms All right, so yeah, she I've does this that. big Dragon Ball Z style punch into the ground yeah. and they're different you can change it so that uh, she'll 
send an energy fist at the ground and it'll hold the enemy in place for a couple minutes or a couple seconds and you can just unload it yeah and just shoot the shit out of them or you can do one where it's uh, the one that I'm using is the face slam where you just punch the ground and there's another one where you become uh, invisible uh, invincible for about 10 seconds and you can just walk around dealing damage to people which is pretty good and you can spec it to heal as well like you could with Lilith and Borderlands 1 and uh, so that's the character I'm playing as just now Amara uh, Amara the Siren and she's just a ton of fun to play with because she's just all about damage and uh, high health and stuff like that and just tanking the hits and the way I've got her action skill uh, set up just now is I jump up into the air fire a beam of elemental energy down onto the ground which spreads out to other people then I slam the ground (laughs) So you're just going full damage? Yeah, I'm just going full damage, 100%. And uh, I have this ability, it's uh, a melee override skill, is what they call it. Right. Usually a melee override skill is you do a punch or you bring your knife or something. In uh, Borderlands 2, if you had a melee override skill with Gage, it would change from her hitting you with a hammer to her hitting you with big Freddy Cooper glove made of uh, shock energy. All right, yeah. So with Amara, it's just she does this dash punch with all six of her arms out Oof. and just punches you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's fucking awesome, and it has an eight-second cooldown. So I just go punch one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're next, <laughs> and it's got and that quick cooldown. Face, yeah, and, it's, and same with our action skill. Our action skill has a twenty-five second cooldown. That is not, like that needs to be longer. Like it does not. <laughs> like I, like the action skills, and I'm like that's basically a super. That yeah, it should be like that's, a once, that's your ultra hit. Once a minute is a bit much. Like it should cool down to once a minute. It yeah. should start like once every ninety seconds, and then yeah. level up. Till you get down to sixty. Oh yeah, but I have I have to Jesus, I have to spec it to get it to twenty five seconds. Like, uh, uh, that's right, not immediately. Yeah. It immediately starts off at that minute. Okay. But so. I've put more points into it, so it reduces my action skill cooldown, so I can use it every twenty five seconds. If that's your top tier, that's fine. Yeah. No, I have to work to get. I have to put at least thirty points. Yeah. Or thirty levels worth of points in, into it to get it that high. If that came out like that out the box, I'd be oh, yeah. raging. Uh, that'd be. I mean, it there's no really competitive competitive element to Borderlands. So I don't really see the point. In it. It's more to do with like what would happen at the end of the game. Like if you started at 25 oh, yeah, yeah. and like, just would cut it down to once every second, you'd just be spamming it every yeah, second. What's you, the point in hitting would, with anything else? You wouldn't even need a gun at that point. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely not as bad as some of the other action skills because I think the best one right now is Iron Bear. Yeah. Because it can just deal so much damage. Amara's action skill is very localized on at one person. Mm-hmm. it deals the most damage to a single target it can bleed out other damage do a sort of area of effect thing with a what they call a nova blast oh, which right, yeah. just, it sends uh, it kind of peppers everybody with a bit of damage uh-huh. uh, but it's definitely meant for just a single target so if you're hitting a boss or something with the big elemental beam in the face slam yeah. it's going to do a lot more damage than if you try and say take it five small Peons level damage yeah. like five tinks or whatever <laughs> so bad <laughs> uh, the, the naming conventions for Borderlands enemies is fucking hilarious because yeah. you've got the Goliaths which are dumb characters that literally speak like this yeah. <laughs> they talk about you shoot me <laughs> I you playing... shoot them in the head and all of a sudden they become more eloquent it's like I will destroy you and your whole family yeah I, I was playing uh, 2 recently uh, <laughs> playing it on a, like a, it was on Xbox One but it was a simulation of the 360 game so it was the worst possible version of it and just watching these like Goliaths just go red and they just get red and get really big. Yeah. And if you let them, if you take the head off them, you take the helmet off, they uh, 
they, they start rampaging and they can attack other people. Yeah. So you'd have them like swelling up to like be the ultimate badass Goliath, and then, but with no health because they've just spent the entire game like fighting everyone else around yeah. them. So you just shoot them in the head with a shotgun, and you walk away. <laughs> I I let you clean out the bandit camp. I just stood on top of a rock for twenty minutes and just let you run around. <laughs> you start in reloading all your weapons. Like, oh, I've got time here. Um, but this one in and this one in and oh, he's done. Bang. <laughs> Job done. I'm going home. Bye. <laughs> Although my main thing right now is uh, sniping people with my ridiculously powered revolver. Yeah. My uh, The revolver that I've equipped just now deals 129 damage times 5. So I just stand there with the scope, pop, you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> and if I, if I get really bored, I just start dash punching people in. Also, I should mention that my uh, siren has another ability, which just fires a little orb of energy at you. All right. That deals a shit ton of damage. And I do that once every hit. <laughs> if someone comes up and hits me, I'm just like, and you're dead. And you're gone. And you're gone. Yeah. And you're gone. <laughs> so Siren is definitely the class that's built for me because I love characters that don't pay any credence or don't pay any knowledge to stealth. I love right. big, loud characters that just walk in and beat shit up. I'm tempted to play on Xbox or Xbox One because... I'm okay, probably going to be getting it on PC next. But that was the other thing was wait for it to get optimised on PC Yeah, I'm not buying I, I very rarely play a day one PC game oh yeah no no wait for the updates wait at least a week before give you it a think of, about give it. it a couple of weeks maybe even a month on Borderlands 3 yeah with a game that's that complicated and something that's got so many if, if it's that broken and buggy on PS4 what's going to be like on PC where there's more complications more issues more yeah, more to deal with and it's coming through the Epic Store and just ugh, that whole mess yeah, it's, yeah. Let's, not, let's not talk about the Epic Store because one of the games that I was quite excited to play, Shenmue 3, is an Epic, Epic Store exclusive, and it's made me not want to play the game anymore. <laughs> so it's weird that, like, for years, people have been asking, can PC gaming get something other than Steam just so there's competition in the market? Hmm. Epic comes out with their, their launcher, makes a storefront. It's not good. It needs time to develop. Yeah. It, it has issues, and uh, but because Epic themselves, Epic as a company go out in this extreme like exclusive rights deal thing yeah they end up getting so much flack for it they're now like more vilified and people just love steam more yeah people just go back to steam more uh, and people buy uh, people just hover around steam sales and buy 100 pounds worth of games that they're never going to play yeah I, I try and actively avoid steam sales for that exact reason i actually do have something that i want to bring up on the subject of buying games yeah I got in a very lengthy discussion with someone recently uh, about buying games and never playing them. Buying games just to have a game. Right. It's something that really, really pisses me off because um, the big Nintendo Direct that well, I'm, I'm going to talk about in a, in a bit of time, uh, one of the big things that I do want to talk about is uh, they are remaking Xenoblade Chronicles. Which is, it's not, they're not really remaking it, they're, they're giving it an HD version. Okay, right. And I don't know if I've spoken about it on, on this run of the show, but I definitely spoke about it on previous run, about how much I fucking love Xenoblade Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It is the best RPG available on the Wii, maybe even the best RPG of the past 10 years. Hmm. It is a fucking phenomenal game, I love that from start to finish, I love the hokey voice acting with the, the overly energetic English voice actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Incidentally, I played again recently and there's a character called Melia who's your mage buff debuff character why does all this sound so familiar because I've spoken about it before (laughs) (laughs) well even like the names I was like I know her from something I don't know if it's this or if it's something else I don't know what it is yeah could be I mean go back and go back and listen to Jibber Press Season 0 it's on YouTube please watch it or don't it's fine (laughs) yeah I mean or don't it was recorded in an echoey room with Blue Yeti 
Yeah. Sorry if you missed yeah, it. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna be angry. But uh, <laughs> I, I was listening. I was playing the game, and I just that voice sticks out to me. Any Doctor Who fans will recognise this name. But uh, the girl, the woman who voices Melia, was uh, General Louise Coleman from Doctor Who. And I was just like, this is a weird, kitschy game, and you, you hit it pretty big running about this time. Yeah. Why? Who did you owe money to, yeah. <laughs> like, to, to do this game? It might just be she was like, secretly a fan, which is weird. Could be. Maybe she's in there. Like, oh, nice, good for you. Maybe Jenna Coleman. She's a huge nerd. She was on Doctor Who. She was on Doctor Who, and she was also in Captain America. Oh. Yep. She was in uh, the first Avenger. Hmm. She's one of the uh, the two girls that go away with Bucky. Right. They're going to get some of that metal fist. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, moving on. I've been toying around with the idea for Borderlands Three going physical or digital. Wasn't sure which one I want to do. I bought the physical. Well, I say I bought the physical edition. My brother bought the physical edition, and the physical edition is eighty percent DLC. Right. So you're probably better just getting the digital edition and saving yourself a bit of space. But the good thing about like a digital version is that oh shit that was another thing when it obviously when Sorry, it comes yeah. to like these uh, limited edition releases kind of hard to do though is like the remaster there'll be a basic version of that remaster available yeah. digitally on ps4 or something like that yeah probably. ps4 or xbox probably not xbox it's, it's a japanese game probably ends up on the ps4 oh xenoblade yeah. xenoblade uh, switch exclusive oh well that'll be digital <laughs> yeah it'll be digital but yeah. it's one thing that people are getting really pissed off at because i bought the resident evil revelations collection on switch mm-hmm. those games are 22 gig each your Switch is 36 gig. If you have any other games on that, you cannot play a Resident Evil game. It's the same with Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. They're about 18 gig each. I'm guessing the reason they've not remade it, like redone it properly, would be if you had to go back and redo all the texture packs, it becomes horrifically complicated. Yeah. Which is what's taking up the majority yeah. of the space, probably. It's not. It's just the fact that the, it's not physical disc, because the physical disc, when you click that into the Switch, you maybe have to install a gig sort of compatibility pack. Yeah. But if you're taking that whole game, that 16 gig, taking up a very small amount of space. Oh, so there's no physical like. There's no physical copy. Oh, so right, people yeah. are just saying we want to play these games on Switch on the move, but you're not giving us a physical copy of the game. Sort your shit out, Capcom and Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> to which uh, Capcom responded by gurgling, come. <laughs> <laughs> which Capcom just said, "Well, we, we had we made Iceborne, we made Resident Evil Two, we don't need to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did we not give you people enough?" <laughs> Well, they gave us Project Resistance and that game is just dying a death. A lot of people, myself included, looked at that game and thought, holy shit, we're getting Resident Evil Outbreak 3. Are we fuck? We're getting some weird dead by daylight, light by death light. Uh, what, uh, what was the other one? Um, There's Dying Light. The Dying Light. Dying no, Light's fantastic. And what was it? A di- no, it's definitely Dead by Daylight because it's that one where it's four people trying to work against a murderer. Yeah, it's Dead by Daylight. That's Dead by Daylight. Yeah. And then there's it's kind of the Friday the 13th type clone and it just looks shit. Because yeah. they've taken the Resident Evil 2 engine and just butchered it. Because that engine is fucking beautiful. For the remake. For the remake. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, if you go back <laughs> Yeah, to they that, took the OG <laughs> they Resident Evil They took the 2. PlayStation 2, Resident Evil 2 engine, <laughs> and it is just frankly not up to par anymore. <laughs> they butchered it. How I'm dare like, they? I, I think there was something wrong with that to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, how dare you, sir? <laughs> the original Resident Evil 2 is a fucking masterpiece. On the PlayStation 2? I played it on GameCube. I will get you a GameCube. We will set up on that screen there and we will what, watch you play what that. What universe do you think we live in? Well, I don't own two GameCubes. <laughs> I do own two GameCubes and they're both black. <laughs> and w- would you put it on a screen that big right now? I have and it doesn't look good. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. <laughs> nah, it's still agreeing. But uh, no, it's the Resident Evil 2 remake engine, which is a fucking stunning looking engine. Yeah. 
when it's put in the right setting but in this one they've just there's lights everywhere it's lost that kind of horror aspect to it and it's just literally uh, run and shoot or run and gun get the item get out yeah which it's just it kills every little bit of horror or survival horror it's not Resident Evil doesn't no. blow off it's a cash grab it's if they if Capcom make a, a reverse decision on this and say right guys Project Resistance is not going to be a physical release we're giving it we're making it DLC for Resident Evil 2 a lot of people would go okay we're fine with that but the fact that it's going to be a $30, $30 £25 game nah nobody's like I ain't buying that. it man actually just speaking of Dying Light there was at one point recently I don't remember if it was how recently it was a couple of weeks back there was a Dying Light uh, preview event for the next game mm-hmm. looks fucking good like Absurdly Dying Light was always a ridiculously good it was a really good game yeah just because no, people had no expectations about it then it came out and people fucking loved it yeah. this new one looks much more uh, much more in depth there's going to be a lot of uh, about the politics going on and apparently there's a lot of like multiple decisions you can make at certain mm. points that have like massive consequences <laughs> uh, including well, the, the at big... one point uh, you open up uh, like you let dr- you let a bunch of water drain out Mm-hmm. and uh, then you realise why the area was flooded because it's filled with zombies <laughs> and it, they're all still alive and they're now horrifically mutated by being in the water for so long well they're all bloated like the one well zombie <sighs> from oh. but actually talking about Dying Light I remember the reason why people didn't have high expectations of it is because it had the unfortunate timing of being released at the exact same or within the same week as The Last of Us yeah. So people who went, oh, Last of Us dying. Okay, you go back there. I'm going to go pay for. Are we going for the cinematic experience versus zombie parkour? Cinematic experience, zombie parkour. <laughs> just, mm. oh, let's choose them. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go buy this. Right, I'm just going to say something. I'm not that big a fan of The Last of Us. I watched someone else play it and was like, okay, this is good, but I don't care. <laughs> there's, there's not enough. I get it sells itself as a kind of zombie horror type thing, but there's not enough interactions with the clickers who are the main zombies. Yeah. And the human interactions are way more interesting. I'd, I'm more worried about Nolan North's character, David, and what he was going to do to Ellie as opposed to any other bullshit with the zombies. Yeah. Like, ramp that shit up. Give me more, you know, well, we, Troy Baker, Nolan North, human interaction. We, we typically, we want war against zombies that's what we want in a game I, yeah. I want if I'm playing a game to have a good time I want to just go all out against a horde of zombies yeah we played Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 we, yeah. I just wanted murder zombies I want to just walk and reload and then just empty a magazine into a horde that's running at me yeah. while I build defences that's my thing that's my thing on 7 days to die yeah. or in my case in Left 4 Dead 2 I just want to get a katana and I want to run into a field of zombies and play as uh, Ellis the Hick mechanic and just shout quips at people. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, yo, boys! <laughs> start cutting heads off. I want to yell yee-haw while I throw a katana <laughs> through a zombie's face. Is that so much to ask for? I want to brain zombies with a guitar and the guitar makes a doing whenever I hit someone. But the, the, the thing with Dan, uh, the thing with uh, Last of Us was it was a story and an experience that yeah. people played through. But yeah, my main issue with it was that the zombie stuff kind of took away from the very interesting story and the ending was just a kind of a there's all this build up then it just falls flat in my opinion a lot of people say that The Last of Us has one of the greatest endings of all time I kind of disagree <laughs> it's not that great an ending for me but I was ex- maybe I was expecting too much But so uh, yeah we are back after a quick break and there wasn't too much left to talk about except for one teeny tiny piece of controversy um, especially in comedy circles because we had two great stand up specials coming up while, while we were off yep. uh, Bill Burr's Paper Tiger yep very good. I've uh, not watched it yet, but Bill Burr is. Bill Burr has never had a misstep, except maybe if you're in that audience, was it in Washington? 
when he just booed you for two and a half minutes. There was was uh, that Washington? No, was it was the Philadelphia. Philadelphia. The Philadelphia yeah. incident. Yeah. Uh, and even then, that is still a rousing success. It's yeah. just not a success for the, the point of view of anyone who was there. Yeah. It's not. We didn't go and see a good comedian. We saw an angry Bostonian that shouted at us. Uh, there was well, there's actually apparently in this special there was a joke that didn't work, and uh, it's, he made some joke about the troops, and it just so happened that it was on an anniversary or something pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this special filmed in the UK. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, Royal Albert, Royal yeah. Albert Hall. Actually, been uh, a big fan of a, a new kind of manga, up and coming manga streamer uh, called Alonzi, or he makes uh, YouTube videos and stuff. Oh, about, like, yeah, Alonzi. Yeah, uh, he has been. He was actually there in the audience for the second night of that, and I asked him because he was on a live stream last night. I said, "How was the the troops bit that he said he cut out the the special because it didn't quite land uh, properly with the audience?" He said, mm. "Actually, the bit wasn't that bad." It was. Yeah. It, it just didn't play the room right, and it kind of it stalled as he realised what was going on, and there had yeah. been a, a bit of an issue. So he's he filmed it over two nights. There was a good joke in there actually about uh, continuity because the the top comes off the microphone stand at one point. <laughs> See, that's the thing about telling a joke about American troops. I don't think it probably would have landed that. No, well he was just making jokes about the troops. Oh, right, the troops. Pretty yeah. sure it was about the same. But the anniversary of the, do you remember the Ariana Grande thing that got attacked in Manchester? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, about yeah. the same time as that, and Liverpool Manchester. Although there's like football rivalries, the towns are quite close. Yeah, so they're, they're quite pally cities, and I think he'd made some reference to like stuff blowing up or something like that, and it just it didn't play well. Yeah, uh, and people just said, "Oh, maybe cut it out." And he, he did just because yeah. I don't like the way that sounds. So yeah. it it will be available though. He said about doing a. Uh, an audio version of the special yeah. that he's going to film later on uh, and they'll try and include that joke back in there once the because they've got a good f- recording of it hmm. I just want to do a, a vinyl pressing of the album I don't know okay, okay. <laughs> go for it um, so the yeah, eight he, people in the Billboard audience can finally <laughs> play that on the, the good quality vinyl I always wait for my vinyls to come out in 2019 uh, you hipster fucks <laughs> He's either a hipster fuck or an unfortunate person who doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Someone who doesn't know how CDs and MP3s work. Uh, there was the was Bill Maher, James Corden's thing about fat shame and yeah. fat acceptance. And I just think uh, Bill Maher was kind of more in the right than James Corden. James Corden had good points about yeah. uh, being fat is a bit more complicated than we really thought it was to begin with. Yeah. But uh, I, don't I think when yeah. the, the idea with the weight... Of people being overweight is there, is there there is a lot more going on than you think. It's not just not just they're eating because they might be a glutton or they just they love food. It's just yeah. there's more shit going on. There's yeah. psychological issues, mental health issues. There is more than you see. But at the same time, again, apologize to anybody who this offends, but I'm always of the opinion that no one should want to be fat. Yeah, I th- I've always because I've always had body weight issues. Uh, I've always been, I mean, and uh, excluding a certain point in the late 2010 to late 2014 i've always been fairly overweight uh, and i've always hated it i've always hated the way i've looked i've always hated the way that my t-shirts uh, fit me i could never be comfortable being fat or uh, overweight it's always seemed very odd that people are comfortable doing that but again my, my uh, philosophy nowadays is always you do you if you're comfortable being fat and you love your body you love your look that's fine just don't expect me to start singing off the same hymn sheet I'm always going to hate the way I look I'm always going to hate the fact that I'm a fat fuck yeah. I'm th- always going to hate it I think Mars' point was not made the best which is strange because he's very good at making very cohesive arguments yeah, yeah he's always been good at and uh, one thing he was going to say was it maybe shouldn't have been bring back fat shaming but bring back the shame of being fat in a way and it's just mm. it wouldn't have translated well people who were very like pro fat acceptance would have hated it either way but I think he should have just 
worded it a little better because I mean it's it's a fair point. Like we, I find fat acceptance very strange. I don't, as you yeah. say, like I would never be able to convince someone that what they think about themselves is wrong uh, if they really truly believe it. Yeah, I wouldn't really waste the energy on trying to convince someone because you're never going to get them to like budge the needle yeah. at all. But it was uh, it was a weird back and forth. It was I don't think I've ever really seen like late night show hosts sending yeah. shots back via other shows um really that much but i've seen it occasionally with like smaller things but something that i mean james Corden took seven minutes out of his show to address the bill maher thing yeah and bill maher's like new rule about being fat was only like two or three minutes long and uh, the, the videos are both up there they're both up on youtube so you can yeah, go see them for yourself them. make your own decisions but I, I don't think i don't really disagree with anyone too much i'd love to see them hash it out i don't know how that yeah. would work I, I reckon bill maher would absolutely brutalize james Corden yeah, in a think- live debate yeah, if it was a live debate, I think definitely Bill Maher because he's more experienced and mm. he's a bit more savvy when it comes to a debate or yeah. when it comes to conversation. I think James Corden came out a bit raw. He's seen the, the tagline of just Bill Maher says, bring back fat shaming. And because I listened to uh, David Tennant's podcast. Right. It's quite literally just called David Tennant Does a Podcast. Right. Fantastic podcast. <laughs> Who knew that David Tennant, the fantastic actor, would have a fantastic podcast? It's him talking to actors. Yeah. Uh, but the episode with James Corden was he very, very uh, in depth broke down why being overweight has hampered his career mm. and how you're never going to get the love interest lead man be the overweight dude. Mm. So Unless you, as the overweight dude, write a script and make it yourself. Yeah. And basically, you'd have to bend Hollywood to your will to make something yeah. like that happen. So he's always been one of those. He's always been an advocate for you know body acceptance and stuff like that. But to me, that's always just when he when he made those points in the David Tennant podcast. You could tell David Tennant was just willing to say, "Well, why don't you just maybe take Lose steps to weight. avoid it?" Yeah, <laughs> and it's just that's always been my philosophy. Right? It's just, mm. If you hate your body, I mean, it's something that I've started doing now that I've you know, taking, uh, taking care of some shit, I've got finally got a bit more money about me, I'm going to be hitting the gym and hitting it hard. And I mean, every, I meant every word that I said to Colm, I said, he witnessed me drink my last tin of Monster today. Yeah. I will not touch another another drop again. Hmm. And if you do see him do that, and on Twitter, feel free, free to tag just, everyone and just put them on blast. Yeah, put me, put, put me on blast, is that a new thing? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> an old fu- thing. What the fuck is putting someone on blast? You just blow them up? It's not even on fleek anymore. What Come the on. fuck is on fleek? <laughs> if you're in the if you're in the nearby area bring me some holy water and a bible Colin speaking in the tongue (laughs) the fuck is on fleek is that a disease (laughs) so mad (laughs) moving on I got the fleek but the uh, (laughs) honey it's wrong man I got the fleek (laughs) (laughs) I uh, the main thing though between all these controversies was uh, Dave Chappelle's stand up for sticks and stones where he it's strange because I think the entire sets the tone in the title yeah. Of the special. I mean, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will we'll never hurt forever. me. <laughs> unless you watch the special and just, I mean, it's a different tone. And uh, Dave Chappelle's always been great at stand-up. His last couple have been really, really good. They're not being his best stuff. I mean, there's stuff that is classic from his old his old stuff that yeah. Killing Them Softly is quoted now to this day, and it's yeah. like 20 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, this is, the, this new run seems to have been Dave coming back with his way of looking at the world and for some reason the main issue is he keeps getting stuck on the transgender community and it yeah. keeps getting brought back up every time and I'm at the point where I kind of wish he'd lay off it not because it offends me or anything like that or I, mean, I know there will be people who do get offended by it because it yeah. is it does feel like poking and stabbing it like a wound that doesn't really need to be reopened anymore Yeah, 
Um, but I just wish he would just take the time and energy he's putting into that discussion, which comes back for like five, ten minutes every special at this point, yeah. and put it to something new. I mean, he's Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I'm sure he's got another ten minutes he could slot in from somewhere. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's one of the most talented comedians that is on the planet right now. He could walk into any place and guarantee he would have the room rolling with laughter. Yeah. Uh, you, don't, you only have to listen to any of the pod, uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast when Joe's talking about Dave Chappelle. He and all the other comedians are just fucking jerking Dave Chappelle off, saying he's so good, he's so talented, mm. he's one of the best comedians on the planet. Like you said, it would take him no time at all to just either read up on transgender issues mm. or just cut that bit out completely. And I think the better, the easier thing to do is just cut it out completely. Yeah. It's, not, it's not even about cutting it, it's just the energy, the effort that has now been put into it in three of his last four specials talking about the transgender community. I think the, the first show wasn't even that bad. He's saying, accidentally danced with a, a girl at the club turns out she was also uh, transgender she was man becoming woman I danced with her and just thought oh, and got a bit kind of frightened and then just said well, do you want to finish out the night do you want to keep dancing like you know there was mm. it was just a little bit of a jest like a yeah. bit of a surprise and a shock but he keeps coming back to older like jokes and again and again and again mm. about the LGBT community and he just it keeps bombing but it keeps being controversial and I think he realised that with the last special before this one and he has decided he's just fucking done with it. Yeah. And he's decided, I'm going for the goddamn jugular. And that's why he called it Sticks and Stones. That's why the trailer for it features him saying, if you clicked, on, if you're watching this on Netflix at home, remember, bitch, you clicked on my face. Like, he puts that in there. Like, if you're offended, you clicked on my face. Like, mm. you started this, you watched my thing. Yeah, you opened the Pandora's box, you deal with the shit. I mean... In the f- how do people think the tone of the show was going to go when he opens up with a bit about Anthony Bourdain killing himself yeah which I, I talked to you I talked to you through the bit word for word and yeah. it's oh it's a yeah. <laughs> it's a burner it's a good bit it's a very it, it's very Dave Spell for him to be like look this is here's something really fucked up I'm going to say something really fucked up about it and we're all going to have a, a, a weird laugh at it yeah at the awkward end. laugh how much of it is do you think Dave Chappelle trying to go for that juggler and just think I'm going to stand out more than any other comedian and how much of it is just his ignorance do you think uh, well I was like this I think he has decided to just go for the juggler on this one and some people have said it feels like he made comedy like most comedians make their stand up routine for the people in the room mm. this feels like a stand up routine that was made for the people watching at home who'd be offended by it and talk about it on social media because yeah. that at this point is free marketing because yeah. there's, there's an ebb and flow to these things the thing comes out it offends people the offended people, people make watch noise. it to see how offensive yeah. it was but the, it, it's like the thing comes out offends people the people who get offended make noise the people who don't like the offended people make more noise make even more noise and support the thing that was making them offended in the first place and it's a very easy cycle to kind of insert yourself into grab a shit ton of money and run out the building yeah and I think they've done that I think they've expertly market this as being highly controversial it's it's holding its place and I, I think Rotten Tomatoes might have helped with that one yeah they, they that was definitely how it came to my attention because I remember I think it might have been David, uh, uh, Philly D was talking about it mm. the controversy and how it was uh, it was 0% but there was only 5 reviews up there were 0% the Rotten Tomatoes review of it was locked in place for five reviewers to have the initial uh, hot take on it for 48 hours. I think it cleared at 48 or 72 hours after the special came out. Mm. All five reviewers gave it a 0%. Because that happened, the, uh, the once more general reviews came in from professional critics, because there's 
two meters that are on there. There's the critics meter, yeah, and the which was the one I held at zero percent. And then there's the public meter. Public meter was locked out for seventy-two hours, and I think they let professional reviewers come in after forty-eight. So the initial five were all zero percent, saying it was horrible, it was uh, transphobic, it was offensive, uh, horrific to hear like the, the fall of such a great comedian. The initial kickback immediately put it to ninety-nine percent from the, the the viewers, the the general yeah. Joe public who watched it put it immediately to ninety-nine percent, and that's because you had so many people just saying fuck people who are offended, this is funny. Yeah. And I, I get the feeling that's what David Schwab wanted, was to walk out, fingers up, saying, I'm going to be offensive, we're all going to laugh. Yeah. And fuck you if you don't like it. Yeah, I think, again, it's it's all well and true, it's all good saying that I'm going to write what I want to write, yeah. and if people get offended, so be it. But, if you're going, it sounds like Dave Chappelle was going out of his way mm. to write a deliberately offensive joke but here, here's the to thing get is that trans, to get transgender people it's it's. I don't even know if it's that I just I don't know what the angle is because we talked about this before and I said if Dave Chappelle is very good at writing a joke with multiple angles on it mm-hmm. that he can write a, a thing that appeals to multiple people in the room making fun of a certain group of people whilst at the same time making that people recognise what's funny about their situation yeah. and he can make everyone in the room laugh at that group of people and I think he could do that with transgender community but I just don't know if he knows enough to make those jokes. Yeah. And I don't know if he just doesn't have that experience. I mean, how many transgender people have you experienced in your life? And we're only half the age of Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I don't know how many people he would have experienced with, how many people would have interacted with, talked to, hmm. just had conversations about or with that person to get their side of the story, what it's like. I think if he had the, the enough information, he could write a, a hilarious joke. Yeah, I think if he, if, with yeah. more education, yeah, yeah, definitely could write a, a fucking fantastic joke. I like, just think he lacks the data. Yeah. So I I, I, th- I think that's definitely you hit the nail on the head. That I think he just he lacks that you know raw data to think right. Well, I, I want to make a joke about transgender people, but I don't want to offend them. And I think Dave Chappelle is definitely a comedian and the smart enough comedian to do that properly. Yeah, he wasn't one of the best rated comedians on the planet, and still is one of the best rated comedian planet comedians on the planet for no reason. Yeah, I just I don't know if he would turn it around I mean he has one more special left on Netflix before that deal expires mm. and he's probably going to get offered another one after that Yeah, but would he end this kind of saga with his personal growth it could be it could be because <laughs> the thing with Dave Chappelle is he was always not he was always pretty bad with celebrity he was always pretty bad being the big name because mm-hmm. he was offered something like what 40 million 50 after, 50 million after the Chappelle show 50 ended. million to make more of Chappelle show yeah and he disappeared yeah, for years. Yeah. It's only really now that he started to come back. Maybe the last ten years, maybe even less than that. Uh, so he's only never been really good with celebrities. And so even maybe, then, he's coming back in his own terms. Yeah, he's not even doing. He's not. I mean, he could go and try and get Chappelle show back. Yeah, he's just any network in the country yeah. could would offer him a, would allow him to do more Chappelle show. But I think with the stand up, he's just trying to. I think on one hand, it kind of makes me think that he's doing this to say, "I am back, motherfuckers." Mm. Dave Chappelle is going to be doing this so maybe now that the door is open and people are going oh well let's see what he does this time let's see who he's going to offend and maybe the next one is going to be good old Dave Chappelle comedy but if that is true you've done it in the weirdest way possible I just think he is he is now a man of a certain age he Mm. is now 46 I think he is from some things I've seen at a certain point of what you, when are you set in your ways yeah, that, is he yeah, stuck there is was, he stuck with a certain comedic style with a certain view and is he just going to have to keep hammering his point home until we agree to disagree yeah until we say we don't like it it's not for me but 
who cares? But that was that was going to be my other point. Maybe as you're setting his ways, this is maybe he's saying this is my comedic style. Yeah. If it's not for you, I apologize. But there's the door. Yeah. And I th- I think if this is him setting his ways, it is going to go very very badly for Mister Chappelle over the next couple of specials. I mean, it just it keeps ramping up again and again and again. Although I do return to the point of what were you people expecting? Like what are you, uh, the offended parties? If you're actually offended, or if you're just offended on Twitter. Yeah. What were you expecting when you saw him making more specials saying, "I, you know, if you clicked on me and you're offended, you clicked on my face." You know, yeah, yeah. I, I did warn you. You know, I am Dave Chappelle. Did you not get anything else I've done in the past? Maybe I know people didn't expect him to go back to the issue, and neither did I. To be honest, I'm like, oh yeah. shit, here we go again. Fuck. <laughs> but I do think the cancer, the the cancel cancel culture is going to get us nowhere. It's like cancel Dave Chappelle. What's going to happen? You've already seen the special. Mm. all they can do is delete the special but he's going to bring out another one Yeah, he, he has the deal Netflix cancel. doesn't care Netflix just wants the, the views there if it's controversial it still gets views and people. I guarantee I mean I'm going to say 95% of the people who were offended were those in the LGBT community and I've not watched the special so from what you've said they have every right to be offended by it uh, yeah there's, there's jokes in there that like I, I say this is I, I talked to you about this this special seems meaner than previous specials. Yeah. Like, even within the last couple that he's done, this one just seems to be saying, you know what, fuck it. Yeah. Fingers I, up, we're going out We're work. going out in this one, you know. Yeah. But I think the other 5%, with the 95 that are actually entrenched in the LGBT community and actively support that community, I think the other additional 5% are going to be people that are offended for the sake of being offended. I'd say the split's 50-50. There's a lot of people who will be offended by this, but at the same time, there are always people looking for more social credibility. Yeah. Who want the kind more of woke like, points? Yeah, they want more woke points on Twitter. Because I watched the. You're familiar with the Fine Bros React series. Yeah. And basically. how that kind of try they tried to trademark the React thing. But <laughs> yes. I, a friend of mine linked me this uh, video of people our age, not not people our age, uh, millennials, so people born in the year 2000. Maybe those aren't millennials. Well, who are, we were we're, born we're millennials. Oh fuck! Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's be a millennial. I don't know. What uh, the, so I, people, I think the generation after us isn't named yet. Right. Uh, well, people slightly younger than us. Mm-hmm. People that maybe were born in the two thousands. Maybe yeah. slightly after us in ninety five, ninety six. Uh, they watched a couple episodes of Seinfeld, and they rated and reviewed Seinfeld. But and there was an episode with the cigar store Indian and people that that's offensive. This is offensive oh, yeah, to Native like American The younger people. generations who've grown up with a bit more PC awareness yeah. have find things problematic that we didn't even think about when we were younger. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about the fact that you would just call stuff gay previously. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, this is an honest to god statement that uh, I I was watching a show called The Green Room with I think the guy's name is Paul Provenza. Yeah. Uh, just him and a bunch of comedians talking, and uh, oh, yeah. there was a comedian. I think his name was Brian Regan. Well, it's something Regan, the guy's name was. And he just said, when we were younger, uh, a gay, w- if someone was a gay or if someone was a faggot, they were just somebody who wouldn't come out and beat, the, beat up the gays with you. Yeah. Like, it's just, it was not... W- well, comedians are a bad example. Yeah, but, but you got to think in the general, general culture. Yeah, 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 things were just a bit more offensive. Yeah. Or if you take we it back younger. to our experience, if we were in the schoolyard and someone pushing you, like, what you, like and you feel like, yeah, sure, get away from me, you gay. Yeah. I wasn't calling him a homosexual. I was calling him gate yeah it's just it was it never meant what people mean now but now with this open awareness and people are getting a bit more education about it and rightly so because uh meanwhile i i'm always of the the viewpoint that it's all about context but at the same time i will not say a word in case of i offend other people but mm-hmm. around me like the faggot yeah. I, I will 
trying not to say that in front of anyone. Yeah. Because again, if you listen to Slipknot in the early two thousands, faggot was a word that you said. Faggot yeah. or maggot, you just called people like. Or if you listen to Limp Bizkit or anything like that, we were early two thousands new metal. Go way back to Eminem. Yeah, <laughs> it is a whole other beast from what we've got now, and it is things were just a bit more edgy and offensive at the time, and it's where yeah. a lot of people now, I think, people who grew up with that, probably felt pretty bad about it. They were yeah. hearing about this thing, and it was it might be vaguely related to their sexuality or their yeah. uh, orientation or experience or whatever, and they saw it used as a derogative, and therefore yeah. when it comes to their time to make changes, yeah. they would like to stop that word being used yeah. derogatively, because it would therefore improve the lives of the younger kids coming up who yeah. are also gay or whatever. Yeah. But uh, bringing back to the sinful thing, a uh, couple of people who were, you know, not of Native American descent, not I have no uh, genetic link to anybody who's of Native American descent, were getting really, really offended. You know, white kids saying, oh, that offends me. I know people that would be so pissed off about that. And, uh, get Seinfeld pulled off all the networks. Okay. Like, the fact that you've said, I know so many people that would get annoyed by that. Like, okay, then why are you offended? Like, offended on other people's behalf just became a thing yeah and I think that accomplishes fuck all yeah. like, so you could I could come up to you and say dude I'm so I'm so sorry for him I'm so offended for you there's people outside marching saying bald people are all cunts <laughs> like, dude, I am not bald why would I be offended by someone saying bald people are cunts uh, one of my best friends is bald I host a podcast with him I'm offended sir like, you'd be like dude some bald people are cunts. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that you made the march to say the bald people are cunts. It's weird that for some reason Boston had a straight pride march. <laughs> oh, that was just a bad move, man. That was just stupid. Yeah. Like, there's some shit that's just offensive and dumb, but it, it just the offended on behalf of other people thing yeah. is kind of it's tiring and it's it's causing big damages politically to liberal ideas because there yeah. are a lot of people who are very liberal and people who agree on ninety nine percent of the stuff but you have to make an allowance for that little 1% of things you disagree on. Yeah. And I think offended on other people's behalf really does make, does paint certain ideas and certain cultures, certain groups in a bad light. Yeah. And I really think, like, you calm it down, and I think that there's a problem, though, that it's, it was very well highlighted on a podcast that I was referred to, and this this was going to be a much bigger part of the show, this whole Chappelle thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I got completely fucked up because I listened to a very interesting podcast uh, by uh, the name the show is uh that black guy who tips it's his show it's where he named it i don't mm-hmm. fucking know one of the guys had an episode i think it was one nine uh five nine where the opening 80 minutes is him breaking down Chappelle's uh stand-up special mm-hmm. and what it meant to him what it meant to people who are more uh pc aligned people who are more cultural aware of these things yeah. and talking about it from the black american experience and he was talking about all these influences and how he analysed it and how he overanalyzed it in certain places and how it all links back to other issues in comedy. But one thing that uh, Rod and uh, Kay came up with, Kay's the co-host, mm-hmm. and she said at one point, there are two opposing forces right now in pop culture, um, and that is comedy and that is social media. And social media has always told people how to live and it's stuff like Tumblr posts and how to behave yourself and how to yeah. act accordingly to how they want to envision the world. And the thing is now, comedy is doing the same thing. Because you have social media saying people need to be more PC, more woke. And then you have comedy saying, no, fuck that, freedom of speech. Yeah. And they mix like oil and water. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that is the most beautiful visual metaphor I've ever been like listening to on a podcast. Yeah. It is so perfect that you, you physically cannot get these two to mix and yeah. it's causing problems and it's dragging apart what should be 
people who agree on 80% of issues yeah. but because we have this because there's that barrier and the divide is, is there's this one people. key issue that's just splitting people right yeah. down the middle and it's it's gets so common. I mean it takes a guy 80 minutes to really kind of break down everything he wants to talk about on the Chappelle special mm-hmm. and everything to do with comics and PC culture and the, the fact that they can't quite align themselves together anymore because of just changes in stances from different groups yeah. and it, there's not really a side to blame because both sides are right we should have the freedom to express ourselves but we should also have the freedom to not be offended yeah. like you should have both somehow but it's really we're really struggling to find yeah, the balance between balance. the two and it was but at the same time he ends it by saying you know what when your next special comes out Dave I'm still going to watch it yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was ultimately really, just yeah destroy every point that you've made if you're talking for 80 minutes or talking for 79 minutes and then that 80th minute you just say i'm still gonna watch you ultimately devalue everything that you've just said before no, not really though because he's he, he, he what he does is he talks through all the points mm-hmm. and he leaves you with well what about this being offensive and he talks way through that and he says but what about this how does that impact it? he talks way through that but he says like right, so it wasn't i was taking yeah. for the point that he was just tearing it to pieces he was just breaking it down and presenting the argument no he's yeah, he's presenting every little facet of every argument right, right, you can right. think of about this issue because he's aware of so many different angles coming it from and he was he this all happened when he was off for a week he was right, off for right, a week right. and i was like i have nothing else to think about and then proceeded to just tear it apart and shred it and then reconstruct it back into this whole cohesive thing that right around he was talking about on his show and it was very well put together and it was it's a great thing i'm saying I'm still on your side. I'm still a fan of your com- comedy. I did find it funny. I understand why people find it offensive. I'm still going to watch it, but man, you really like. I'm disappointed by what is happening here. Like, I really, I really wish you would just kind of give up on this thing or like remedy it. Like, come to a conclusion. Yeah. Find some way of making peace with the trans community. Find you know, interact with these people. Yeah. Make something for them. Do something help out understand educate grow do something that changes your perspective because your perspective right now really is offensive to some people hmm. right dom's back so i can i can briefly go back to just one little note i had and that was the debate right now seems to be between two sides of the comics and social media and we listen to a lot of american comics mostly through joe Rogan experience and it's very open-minded but libertarian people who don't want any government interference and who think that the uh, the you know the stand up stage is a pulpit from which they can give any yeah. sermon, but at the same time, we gotta understand that some of the sermons do actually end up hurting people, and you yeah. could end up physically like someone someone could take their life from this. I don't yeah. know what the end consequences are. I don't think it would escalate to that. I think most people know Dave Chappelle is a comedian, and most people who know comedians in general know that they're not doing it maliciously to make you feel bad. Yeah but there are people who will take things the wrong way and feel like shit about it because of who they are or something they have no control over, mm. which is really unfair. But yeah. Yeah. It's also, a difficult balancing. Uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult balance. And as long as you've got, like you said, I do agree with you. There's these two separate camps. There's the comics who are just saying, say whatever you want. It doesn't mean shit. Like it just, mm. you've said it. There's no venom I'm behind I'm just it. making jokes. You've just made a joke. And that is the worst part of it is people, comedians that are, making these controversial jokes will have other comedians around them a uh, prime example uh, i can't remember i think it might have been bill burr bill burr made a horrible joke or really a um, mistimed joke against uh i think it may have been joan rivers or something like that in fact no it wasn't bill burr. i can't remember fucking mm. it was it definitely wasn't bill burr but some comedian made the joke a really really horrible tasteless joke about another deceased member of the public it wasn't Anthony Bourdain because I've not yeah it was uh, uh, someone who recently passed away I think it might have been somebody along the lines of 
Jade Goody way back in the day right. someone made a joke about her and then all the other comedians around there were just going oh finally somebody has the balls to talk about something like this that was that not Jimmy Carr? might have been Jimmy Carr I think it was Jimmy Carr made a really like, like on the fucking nose yeah. joke about Jade Goody within like a month of her dying and there's all these other comedians around there just going that was a good joke I mean it Jimmy Carr funny. Jimmy Carr's telling it how it is and then there's that and he gets that kind of yeah I'm doing the right thing people are rallying behind me my people are behind me yeah. and then you get on the other side where people who were a fan of Jade Goody are people who just really like, enjoyed her as a person they start saying well I don't like that joke and then the people around them saying you're right you're good you're very good that you're offended and you've got these other kind of and you on both sides you've got this kind of congregation around you just going yeah you're right you need to stand up for what you believe in and there's this, this glorification of the comedian that will say anything mm. and I think that is part of I think that might be most of the problem is just you get uh, Joey Diaz who will just say whatever the fuck he wants yeah and he's one of the best comedians on the planet absolute best, monster best storyteller you will ever hear without question uh, I mean there's maybe a couple of uh, British comics that might be slightly better but uh, or slightly like, on par but not quite as good Joey Diaz can tell a story and the entire room is hooked on every word but he'll tell a joke that will absolutely offend a lot of people and he'll get people like Joe Rogan Ari Shafir Bert Kreischer Tom Segura just going dude you fucking knocked it out of the park yeah. and I think it comes it, there needs to be more taking account of it and go dude you need to cut that like check him, check them and say dude that's going to hurt people you're going to catch so much shit for it it's going to be better for you if you take that joke out call someone it, it's the, it's all of that thing where people are taking more of a view of mental health like don't you don't let your mate sit in the sideline don't let your mate or don't let your friend who's also a comedian self-destruct by telling these horrible jokes that are only going to get him in more shit mm. and get him in a like, make him start make them start losing work or make them you know yeah. just lose out on all these experiences because they told one shitty joke about you know Joan Rivers being dead or yeah. Jay Goody being dead I, I think that the comedians are a totally different breed and because they live in a weird controversial bubble that they it's just normal for them and their normal is projected out and it makes people laugh uh, because it is edgy and controversial to us because mm. we're not in the their normal bubble yeah. and uh, I it's you you are stuck with the freedom of speech versus the you know, the kind of freedom to not be offended, and you end up in a annoyingly circular argument yeah. that just kind of never really goes anywhere. And in the meantime, people get hurt, people lose their jobs. Like it, yeah. it continues on in the circle. I mean, there was that guy from Saturday Night Live who was fired for pretty like horrific jokes about Chinese people. Like, and if you watch that clip of his podcast, but like, holy shit! How did anyone think he was going to get away with that one? Hmm. Um, but then uh, it didn't appear SNL were really that wor- either they didn't find that clip or weren't worried by it and then decided to just say uh, like adios once it was brought up and was made uh, a few got made about it who's the who's the comedian somebody Gills Andrew Gillis or something like that uh, he's uh, com- no idea SNL comedian if you just oh. google SNL comedian fired uh, you will find it because it basically just made uh, it was him and his co-host made jokes about Chinatown uh, in New York and talking about the food and about the people and just how they hated it all and just started throwing around ethnic slurs for Chinese people and it, it doesn't it's not like oh there was a like a really great joke and they had to use that word to make it work yeah. which is like a really bad defense of any kind of uh, bad racial humor yeah but at this one you're like you guys are just swearing about Chinese people that's all yeah. you people are doing there's no <laughs> there's no explanation for this one and SNL were just like yeah we're cutting ties yeah after I, I don't blame them and it was, it was, I never know how these things are found. 
I never know if there's just somebody... I never know how people find these bits and these, like, when someone has, like, a, a back catalogue of hundreds of episodes of a podcast and hundreds of ideas that they've talked about over time, how mm. does... I, I just, I'm curious about how people dig into that. I might, I might actually look into how do you expose someone when you want to kind of get them kicked out? How do you start a cancel culture movement like this? Because... Well, just go on yeah. Twitter and try and just say, <laughs> I need dirt on Idris Elba and they'll look... Yeah. Some, yeah, I some think they have an algorithm it. or a program that just scans through. I think they'll call it the gun program. <laughs> they just scan through 10 years of tweets and just go, he said this on this day. <laughs> Ping that up. Or, I mean, yeah. find the people who were looking at Justin Trudeau. Do you hear about that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Justin Trudeau went to a Halloween party uh, yeah. when he was a school teacher in Brownface as Aladdin. Here's, here's the thing, is that, like, I, I, like, they're obviously talking about it because it's not blackface because he's not imitating a, a, a caricature of a black person, so therefore it's not technically blackface. It's brown face because he's imitating somebody from Arabia, yeah. so it's, it's brown. That is the darkest brown face I've ever... That is boot polish. I have yeah. polished a few boots in my time. That is fucking boot polish. What? <laughs> holy... F- again, another, like, holy fuck, how did you think no one would find that? Yeah. Especially and, when it was around election time. You knew that had to come up and bite you in the arse sometime. And the fact that he keeps losing ground as a liberal because he's uh, making, like, really big policy decisions that are pretty anti-liberal. Yeah. But at the same time, like, when he was asked... Is this the only time you've ever done this? He his response was, "Ah, uh, there are other instances, and there is apparently another video or another photo uh, due to come out any minute now. So by the time you've seen that one, we're probably quite surprised that he tried to get away with that one too. Whenever yeah. that surfaces, what if this is the tame one? <laughs> what? How fucked a candidate? Because what, if, what if this is the one he refers to as being just black face? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God, what did you do? <laughs> he, he went chocolate body. <laughs> It just, I, I just, I watched that clip come up and you see the photo and you're like, yeah, that's him, isn't yes. it? And you see all, all these awkward apology videos saying, I am really sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it smacked of someone who just knocked a pint at someone's hand. And it's just, guys, I shouldn't have done that. I am really sorry. I will do whatever it takes to apologize for this and the next one. What do you mean the next one? I didn't say anything goodbye. Uh... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> there should be someone following Justin Trudeau with a little dart gun with a trank in it. Just hit him in the neck every time he says something dumb because it's going to happen more and more because yeah. nothing is more vicious than a political rival or a political opponent because they will dig up shit that you didn't even remember about. Yeah. And, and that's the just... thing is he was saying, I don't recall. I don't recall if this is the only issue of me and blackface. And it's it's really... It, you look at that and again, it's, it's one of the things of... The, the cancel culture how did they get these things started but you know there are issues that we we could talk about for weeks with yeah, Dave Spell months and months on end. yeah but uh, yeah that was comedy's weirdly controversial week for yeah. you know, fucking for some pretty weird material that I just you know, yeah I, I, you, you got to think that when they're reviewing their set something jumps out of them because I get the most comedians when they write there is some kind of there's a lot of reflexive there's alcohol involved yeah. there's maybe uh, Joe Rogan Joey Diaz there's a little bit of narcotic involvement you gotta think when they're writing they say they're just gonna you know, let the juices flow and just write down on the page when they're sober about to go on stage you just think why the fuck nah cut that out but the, there's gotta be a bit of reflection the, there was another good point made I think it was Fawn Erds on this one was saying this is his fourth special in three years mm. that's a lot of material to crank out and yeah. I don't know how long he does spend on these. I don't know what his writing state's like. I know he is obviously going back and iterating constantly. Um, and I don't know if he needs more time to just come up with a new special. To, as I say, get that hour-long special, get that 80-minute special that you trim down to an hour for the TV. 
but without touching on the LGBT issues, just because he's got to know he's not handling this very well. And yeah, he is. He, he does admit he holds himself out as an offensive comedian who's making offensive comedy for mm. people who will be either offended or love it. Yeah. Um, and there will be no in between. And I don't know if he maybe wants to work around it or if he just says, fuck it, I'll make another one. I'll be twice as offensive this time. It's up to him. I mean, mm. as, as they put it on, on all the other podcasts, yes, it was offensive. Yes, I laughed at it. Yes, I'll be there for the next one, but I don't think you should do that material next time. Yes. I'd be hanging back on it. Yeah, just maybe try and avoid all the little articles that you'll see kicking about the place and be like, oh, uh, Dave Chappelle's latest comedy special was horrible, and if you liked it, you are too, because those articles <laughs> get you nowhere. I read one recently that was about um, Glow, because I recently started watching yeah. that again. The episode where Alison Bree's character gets her leg broken is horrific. I told you about that one, and I told you you're going to watch it, and you're going to feel your leg. It's (laughs) a great episode. Yeah, I I don't know what it is, but Glow was this weird show. I picked up and watched it because someone else told me it's like. Should we quickly explain? Glow is a Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. Main cast is Alison Brie. Then you've also got uh, Betty Gilpin, Gilpin. who becomes the star of the show. Um, and then you have it's based on the formation of a wrestling group called the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Yeah, that's in the eighties. Glow stands for tons of hairspray awesome hilarious costumes great character acting about women wrestling mm. and it is season three dropped like a month ago yeah and it is weird just how excited i am every time there's an announcement of anything to do with the series yeah. it's fantastic but this uh the new season features a scene where alison brie gets her leg broken that's season two she gets a uh, season two she gets yeah. the leg broken um i'm still making my way through season one uh, season yeah. three sorry uh, and it started off as this one show where people just like oh did you watch the uh, community do you know who alison brie is i'm like yeah she's pretty funny she's pretty cute Oh, dude, she gets her tits out. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. Then you're like, okay, she gets her tits out. Oh, wait, this is well written as fuck. She's yeah. actually funny as hell. She's yeah. good in this role. And Mark Maron comes in as the uh, Sam Sylvia, yeah. the bitter old movie director, who now has to do this weird wrestling uh, show, TV wrestling show when he's used to doing horror films. Hmm. And then there's all, all these other characters that play off the top of it. And it just became one of my favorite shows on Netflix because it was just so well written and the characters were really likable. Uh, and it does highlight some of the really really bad issues about you know being a female actress or being a female actor in the 80s I was gonna say how far are you in season three i am episode one okay <laughs> like I, said, so I have not watched it if you want to talk about how how much it will expose issues that happened with uh or how much still happens in acting in hollywood for female actor actresses um you're about to see some shit yeah. in season three that you were um, not expecting yeah I, why did they even stop talking about glow uh, controversies, stuff like that, and badly written articles because there's been a lot. Oh of yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, people, well this week. the one that I, I stay away from those articles because the one I was uh, reading about Glow and it was just uh, the the tagline was quite literally this: uh, Mark Maron in Glow season three is absolutely superb. And yes, that is part of the fucking problem. Without the fucking, that's part <laughs> of the problem. They say Mark Maron's character shines in season three, but this ultimately mutes the other female uh, characters in the show. I just thought, I've heard a few people, yourself included, say that season three is a fucking powerhouse. There's a powerful conversation between, uh, what's her name? Are we talking about the, the uh, Jackie Bru- Tone? Yeah. And uh, is it Ellen, uh, Ellen Wong's character? They have a conversation and it is apparently hard hitting. How can you say that the female characters don't shine as much when you have that in there? This is, There's some powerhouse performances in there. This is the most female fronted show i think i've ever watched it is it is a great way of dealing with 
feminist issues in a very positive way yeah at the same time it's still very funny there's no very kind of like oh it's just the girls being girls and it's there's no it's just a funny show with a lot of heart and it is a lot of very feminist positive ways of doing things but it never everyone who's a bad person is a bad person not a bad person because they're xyz yeah uh sam is not a bad person because he's a guy sam is a bad person because he's a bad person yeah he's, i wouldn't really say sam's a bad person he's a shitty person mm, he, you're gonna you're gonna find he's a bad person all right <laughs> yeah. really bad mm, he, he just he gets more and more morally gray as stuff goes on uh-huh. but he will kind of redeem himself a little bit but you'll end up feeling okay, very yeah, mixed and by the end of it you'll realize he was kind of a bad person um I think well, he was kind of bad for a good chunk of the season in a very annoying way, and yeah, you'll. It, it's the thing is like people are more complicated than just good or bad. Yeah, and that's why I say with this with Dave Chappelle special, make up your mind, go see yeah. it yourself. It is it's on Netflix. I think it's funny as hell, but again, I am cis het white male. Like I am, I am the passion that was designed yeah. to laugh at this thing that is offensive to other people who are completely different to me. Of course, I'm laughing at it because I'm an asshole and I'm. Yeah. I'm the target audience. I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree with that. I wouldn't really say... People who say, oh, I like the Dave Chappelle show, I uh, must be an asshole. You just thought it was funny. You bought into the, the market. You you really, you appreciated the joke, but I wouldn't really say it makes you an asshole for it. If you liked, say, any of Ricky Gervais' specials, I'd call you an asshole because that guy's about <laughs> as funny as ball cancer. <laughs> well, he, he actually has an interest... I, I do find him very funny and I'm an asshole. Yeah. So that's why I know I'm an asshole. But he had a very good point in this is that there's been a lot of the back and forth with the comedians and the, the social media side things saying, uh, where comedians say, you can't say anything funny anymore. Uh, you can, and as Ricky Gervais' point, you can say whatever you want these days uh, and you can still say that you think it's funny. You can say whatever you want you just now hear the people disagreeing with you. You people yeah. now can disagree and say, "You, I don't want you saying that." That's that's the only difference between now and say back in the Seinfeld days of the eighties. Hmm. Like that's the difference in comedy is that there's now a back and forth, yeah. and the back and forth is now observed, collated, and then reported on by others outside the industry. That's that's the only difference I'd say compared to twenty thirty years yeah. ago. And I think ultimately it's going to make comedy limp for a little bit I think mm. I mean not limp isn't it's just going to be useless but I think it's just going to be struggling to keep walking it's going to keep going but yeah. there's just going to be that little this this is growing pains this is yeah. going to this is going to hurt for a little bit it's going to suck maybe for some people but I think there's nothing that comedy really can't overcome yeah at this point I mean we we overcame the comedians drought in the early 2000s to get some really really strong comedians now and this is just another like the, the PC culture to being offensive swings back and forward constantly yeah. we're maybe this is i don't think this is the most offensive it can get i think yeah. you're about to see what fucking happens i yeah. really think it's going to get more offensive and i'm I'm really not looking forward to the next couple of years because i get the feeling that i mean all the the network of comedians that we know through the joe rogan experience mm-hmm. are pretty much due for a special at any point yeah. between now and 2021 yeah. i I'd think say. the next joey diaz special is going to be more offensive than anything you can think of um, but like I'm more worried about the fact that every comedian for the next two or three years is going to have that bit of I can't say anything funny anymore yeah I, I definitely um, know for a fact Joe Rogan is writing that bit right now and she's like oh we can't say any shit anymore because he's been saying that for this last two specials yeah like Strange Times and what was the other one Triggered 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 was he's been saying that shit for the past two specials but you can't say anything as a comedian or you get taken to task and I think it's going to be there's going to be still some good comedy out there there's always going to be the cleaner comics that Gabriel Iglesias is always going to still be funny yeah, uh, Lee Evans is with his kind of observ- not quite observationist comedy, 
you don't even know what that fucking means Dom shut up uh, <laughs> when his style of comedy when he just comments on shit that he, he's experienced that's still going to be funny because he's coming back I think yeah no, that's, that's observational hey, comedy. Yeah, observational, observational comedy. I do know what it right means. now is like at its peak. Yeah, uh, I think either that changes or yeah. that or that becomes a bit more abstract, a bit weirder stuff like Bo Burnham. Yeah, uh, where it's yes, it's it's observational comedy, but there's also other things thrown yeah. in there in the mix. Yeah, the th- why Bo Burnham works is because he is what he's younger than us. He's maybe twenty five, twenty six or something. Maybe yeah. the same. He's age just as- a he's just a freak. He's a genius. Yeah, he puts he comments on shit that he sees, but he puts it through this weird filter of. I'm going to say it in a funny way because I'm a 20-something yeah. and no one gives a shit about what I say, so I'm going to say it in a funny way. Yeah. And that, that but then fucking you, works. Have you seen his interviews where he's talking about like his key influence? I think that's it, another interview on The Green Room. Yeah, and he's he talking went about... On uh, he's like, oh, who's your favourite comedian? He goes, I've got this Dutch absurdist I'm a really big fan of. And everyone in the room's like, what the fuck did you just say? Aye, and he's talking <laughs> about... This, the Dutch absurdist comic that he's talking about, literally, his, one of his main acts is he puts a, a black sock on and feeds the sock a baby Ruth. Right, the chocolate bar, baby Ruth, which is fucking heavy chocolate bar, by the way, it's like a protein bar, and he just feeds the sock the the chocolate bar, and talks to the sock, and apparently this guy goes, sells out rooms in, in his home nation, hmm. and to have that being one of your leading influences, because so many people say Richard Pryor, uh, George Carlin, rightly so, yeah. they are the fucking Great heavy names of yeah. comedian, and comedy, but just have this weird like abstractest comedian as your main influence yeah that's got to set the standard for that guy's type of comedy yeah and it's if, if we get new influence we get new ways of approaching the uh the, the situation of comedy like we can learn from all these things we can you know this is comedy is a very capitalist market the yeah. best people the funny people make it yeah and that's the ones who aren't funny get fucking savagely beaten down and that's where uh, i don't know if you watched or listened to the episode of What's uh, Bert Crusher's podcast called? Uh, Bertcast. Uh, Bertcast. Uh, Bert, 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 Bert. com. <laughs> Bert, Bert, Bert. <laughs> See, because I say Bert, that would just take me too long to say Bert, Bert, Bert. <laughs> it's like I'm a car misfire or something. But on the Bertcast, they had a comedian called Ashling B, who's a female Irish comedian that I have uh, followed for quite a while. She's got a, she's done a couple of BBC shows that are really good. One of the, Her latest show is all about how people should be comfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. That you don't need to have this constant influx of people coming in and talk to you just be comfortable by yourself yeah and it's i think it won an emmy i think it won an award on the american side of it doing pretty well but she uh, she was on an episode of the better cast and they were talking about uh the same thing you were how you the cream of the crop is going to be mainly male comedians that have you know been at the been at the craft for quite a while and female comedians are getting there but they aren't edging out the male comedians at the, at the top yeah. of their craft and she caught a lot of shit for that and Bert Kreischer was saying the reason why people are the the comedians that are are where they are is because they've worked so fucking hard and they're staying at the top because that's where they've worked so hard to be mm-hmm. and of course her rebuttal to that was well we're the female comedians that are coming up are just as funny as these guys and they are because yeah. you've got Eliza Schlesinger they've got Ashley B you've got Miss Pat Miss Pat's fucking yeah. Miss Pat, yeah absolutely and you've got uh, uh, Rachel Godleyman over here you've got plenty of comedians Rachel Paris uh, and the UK that are making fucking waves, but there's that struggle. Yeah. There is there. there is a block in there of people who are just established because it's all the yeah. white dudes. And yeah, we can work on fixing that and changing it. Mm. But the fact that why is it not fixed now? Like it's because it's a big system. Yeah, because we need to work at it. You and want to change society's perception of everything. It does take a bit of time. Yeah. Like you can't just flick switches and expect it to be fixed. 
So, I mean, we're getting there. Yeah, we you can't just there. slash it at once. You need, it needs to be death by a thousand cuts. You need yeah. to just slowly get your way through there because the the comedians that are there now, they didn't just click their fingers and yeah. fucking Thanos snap and they got there. Yeah. Uh, they had to work at it. You think Billy Connolly became one of the best comedians in the U- the best comedian in the UK by just overnight? He played shitty dive bars in Glasgow, got fucking knifed after, <laughs> got stabbed, got his guitar strings snapped off, yeah. played shitty clubs, and he worked his way up. Yeah, you need to put in the footwork. I think it's that that idea of the sort of instant gratification that we could talk about for fucking hours, but we'll get there. It takes time to balance. Yeah, we'll get there. Just need to work out. Just change it one person at a time. We'll yeah. get there in the end. Just be just be a bit more open. If you're if you're if you're watching TV and there's a female comedian, watch that female comedian. If you're out of the fringe, and I think the fringe is the best platform to show different types of comedy. If there's a female comedian there, stay and watch the female comedian. Yeah. Just be more open-minded. And I think that's probably one of the best things you can say about this whole uh, shitstorm that's centered around Dave Chappelle. Just be a bit more open-minded. Yeah. Uh, on both Unless sides. it's Michael McIntyre, because fuck Michael McIntyre. Oh, he's, it, I'm I so want to shave his head. I want to <laughs> shave his fucking head. Can't do the floppy head thing if you don't have yeah. any fucking hair. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that thing's alive. <laughs> I think that's like Donald Trump's hairpiece that keeps him scented. Yeah. So give it a go for yourself. Yeah. But this is your warning. You might get a bit annoyed. Yeah, you you probably will get a bit annoyed. And there's going to be jokes in there that are, I mean, from what I've heard, I'm probably going to go home and watch it. Or if there's any way that I can download an audio version, if it's on Spotify, I'll probably be listening to it very soon. But uh, form your own opinions. Yeah. And of course, always, as we say at the Jubber Push podcast, don't be a dick. Mm. And don't belittle people because you, you like, disagree on yeah. stuff. Yeah. Conversations. Yeah. People are allowed to like different things. I can like crunchy peanut butter. You can like smooth peanut butter. All, more smooth peanut butter for you, more crunchy for me. Mm. I am now. More hungry. Smash Bros. characters for Tom. Yep, more Smash Bros. for characters. And sir, then here comes a new challenge thing. Here comes a new challenger! New Smash Bros. characters. As I hinted to earlier, there was a Nintendo Direct and they announced a whole uh, shit ton of new stuff for the Switch system. Mm. Bringing... Fuck. Bringing fuck. <laughs> bringing <Alec>. fuck. <laughs> when you fucking yawn the Finally, same. Nintendo bringing the fuck. <laughs> Give me that Bowsette, my dude. By the way, one year anniversary of yep. Bowsette. One year of Bowsette. I'm pretty sure we commented on yeah, it. Episode 3 of the Jibberfish podcast is Tits on a Turtle where we reveal Bowsette. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, Jibberfish is now a year old. Thank you for joining us yeah, on this thank absolute you. shit show. <laughs> thank you for sticking along. We appreciate the shit of you. But, uh, Nintendo Direct, they announced a whole fucking plethora of new stuff. A whole of the new uh, digital downloads coming to the Switch. They announced more shit about uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, which a lot of people are really, really fucking happy about. I saw they gave a far-fetched lance for some yeah, reason. It's and a he looks, I fucking love the look <laughs> of this guy because he's sitting there with a, uh, a shield and the massive jousting lance. Yeah. I just thought, that is how you update a fucking character. Did you see the, uh, there's, it was coughing. He's got the weird angry eyes. He's got a big stovepipe. Yeah, he's got a stovepipe. He's got like, a smog, like, beard and eyebrows. And I'm like, what the shit is this? <laughs> Everyone else is going, I don't like it. I'm like, I like it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's pretty cool. He does look very English. Like, it's very not just dapper. a stovepipe hat, but, like, something about him just seems very, like, Victorian era English. Like, he's dying of the lurgy, but at the same time, he's, <laughs> he's sophisticated. Got the, he's got the bubonic plague. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like I said, they announced more stuff about Pokemon. You can make curry and rice. <laughs> which is apparently a big thing in Britain. Right, okay. Yeah, one of the main meals you can make is curry on rice, and apparently that J- Japanese people don't really have curry on rice. That's just how we eat over here. I yeah. Guess. Uh, and a couple of new Pokemon for uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. We had... Um, Resident... No, that was a while ago. They had more stuff for Animal Crossing, which 
Animal Crossing is one of those games where I think I mean I know for 100% sure that it is not the game for me because I like games where you get objectives but Animal Crossing is all about just you have your place don't do it it's like Minecraft you can continue in perpetuity like you can you can just keep going play the game as much as you want like I remember the original thing was like you started the game you immediately got into a shit ton of debt and had to work it off 100,000 bells I think the currency is in the game but once you worked it off you get more debt yeah but once you worked it off like you were just free just keep playing the game yeah and just live without the debt (laughs) it was almost it was a weird kind of non-game in a way yeah it is it is a game where a lot of people say it's a very peaceful game and you play this game and you kind of you tune out and Mm -hmm. you're just cultivating fields and shit like that and then it looks pretty damn good I think the engine that they're using to make the new Animal Crossing has somehow influenced the new Zelda game because it looks very similar that's a weird combination but yeah okay yeah it's it's all uh, just the aspect of the the viewing uh, the way you view the game is uh, very similar I suppose if you think about it how much shit has the Unreal Engine been used for oh yeah across different like entirely different genres yeah I know Nintendo still use that wholeheartedly they, a lot of their games are made using the Unreal it's Engine it's a good engine though. really good engine especially for like particle three and effects four. Unreal Engine 3 and 4 holy yeah. shit especially with Nintendo games when there's a lot of energy and a lot of particle effects fucking great yeah. but uh, that brings me quite nicely along to or doesn't yeah the, the Unreal Engine was used for Smash Bros uh, <laughs> they announced that uh, Banjo was going to come to Smash and the last Nintendo Direct they finally dropped on that Direct which was the 7th of September? Something like that. Yeah, 7th yeah. of September. So we've had them for about uh, two weeks now. Just over two, a day over two weeks. And I am now quite happy to say I've had a good bit of time to play as Banjo-Kazooie. And I'm really happy that they're in the game. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, nice. It represents a point in gaming that I thought I'd never be able to get to where you can play, uh, you can do an eight player match on a fighting game and you can play as Cloud, you can play as Ryu, you can play as Ken, you can play as fucking Bayonetta, you can play Sonic, Snake and Mega Man and at any point you can just punch Mario in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you can throw Mario off the stage. You a, as Solid Snake can throw Mario off the stage. Oh, <laughs> even better. You as Solid Snake can pick up Mario and snap his neck. Nice. Because <laughs> you, you pick him, one of your grabs is you pick him up then you hit B a couple times and you make the kind of cracking neck noise. Right. Then you just drop him on the floor. <laughs> Please tell me that's like a good chunk of damage. Oh yeah, it's about 5% in each hit. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is not bad in Smash Bros. Uh, and then it represents a, just a new era in games where like, anything could happen. And They're finally learning to share. They're finally le- I mean, Nintendo have just been like, come on, who's, who's coming in? Who wants to party? We get the toys. <laughs> not not you. <laughs> <laughs> not you, Sonny. You didn't want to play with anyone? Waluigi, you, you get out of here. No. <laughs> He's in the game. I don't want to talk about it. But uh, yeah, it's like but all these the, characters. Oh, we're bringing these things from new properties. Where's Waluigi? That's the thing. Where's right? my main man, Waluigi? <laughs> you even played Dinner. <laughs> but that's the thing. A lot, what has given me a, a little bit of a glimmer of hope is the fact I played Smash Bros. recently and I set assist trophy because you can look onto the list of assist trophies. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure I didn't see Waluigi there. It wouldn't surprise me if they've deleted Waluigi as an assist trophy and went, fine, fuck it. You can have Waluigi. Just shut up. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that, but it would just be, it'd probably be an echo for Luigi or something like that. Uh, but it would still be cool to have Waluigi in the game because then you have all four. Like, yeah. I feel like you need that Wario just Mario for the, the sheer banter of, like, we need to have a, a fight where you have Mario versus Wario and then you have Luigi and Waluigi. Like, they need to, like, fight it out on the stage. Yeah. At least at some point. But there's got to be somebody out there who's begging, like, seriously, I need this for a YouTube video. I need to make this yeah. a tournament. Like, the grand finale will be Mario Mario versus, like, Luigi and Luigi. Like, we need these fights. Yeah. We need that meme fight. Yeah, we need the meme fight. 
Yeah, mean fights. Mean fights. Mean fights. Mean fights. But uh, Banjo Kazooie, it was a weird character because weird character for me because I've never played any of the Banjo games before. Yeah. I own the rare replay, but I never played them on the N sixty four at all. I don't know anyone who had an N sixty four. I know someone who has six now. <laughs> That doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't fucking play in them. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, a, a lot, of, a lot of my friends love, fucking love the banjo games, and it's just something I never got in it because they are collectathon. Each level has about twenty-five to thirty collectibles in it, and you just need to bounce around to find them all. I mean, I I'm not graphics that. that look like fucking like pixel art. Yeah, I just unless it's like a two D sprite game, it was, I'm no, not up for that. Banjo was a three D game. So I know it was, that's it was Super like, Mario Party not Super Mario Party it's Super Mario 64 type shit yeah. but I just I never really got into them so when Banjo-Kazooie got dropped into the game I didn't really have high expectations and it's there's nothing buggy there's nothing glitchy about the character but it's just there's nothing unique and different enough about the character that's making me think holy shit I need to play this character mm. because with uh, the Dragon Quest hero you had the magic list the drop down menu that gave you the different spells yeah that was infinitely fun. Yeah. With uh, Ken, in, when you had uh, Ken from Street Fighter get dropped in, he had these different uh, kicks that you could do with different button inputs, and you could use the old school Street Fighter inputs to do more damage. Right. So, so you could do neutral B, just push the B button once you do a Hadouken. But if you did quarter circle B, you would do double the damage. Yeah. And with uh, Ryu, you did uh, double quarter circles. So you did two movements of the quarter circle, then B, you did the red fireball. So there was these different mechanics in there. And the fact that Banjo didn't really have anything special and unique about him, and he was slow, his, uh, his moves didn't really seem all that... His moves didn't really seem all that impressive to me. He had a couple of cool moves where he did... Uh, Kazooie wraps his wings, wraps her wings around him, mm. and they do this kind of shoulder charge thing. But beyond that, it beyond doesn't that, seem it was, like he wasn't developed really for the yeah, game. He, it seems like... Yeah, he wasn't really developed that well for the game, but the main thing that annoyed me is you have five feathers that dictate how many times you can do that charge move mm-hmm. once they're gone they do not regenerate until you lose a stock uh. so it kind of limits his abilities and I can guarantee they're going to patch that that they come yeah. back but slowly in the next one I, j- I just think like how often are you in a situation where you have to charge or you can charge you need to give advantage of the charge with enough distance to make yeah. a difference but right? that's the thing it stops when he hits a ledge so he can go through about three or four enemies all right, but that—that's about his only impressive one. His projectiles don't do enough damage and don't have enough stopping power for me. Ultimately, I, I'm so fucking happy that he's in the game because mm-hmm. Banjo was a fan favorite character. The people wanted to be in Smash Four. They wanted him to be in Smash Bros. Brawl. Even in Melee, they wanted him in there. Yeah, it's fucking so happy that he's in there. But ultimately, I just don't think people are as happy with the way that he plays as they would like to have been. Especially when you compare him to the Dragon Quest hero. Because he was just so fun, so unique in the random crit system, made him fresh. Yeah. So you've got a different way of playing in that character, and then you've got the the standard Smash Bros. playing character on Banjo. And especially if you if you're up against the Dragon the Dragon Quest hero, and you're playing over like the internet, so you can't see the other person like doing anything on the screen. Yeah. Like if you randomly just say, "Okay, I'm he's doing something," and all of a sudden like the totally different move comes at you, that's mechanically challenging. Yeah. You can't really count that, whereas you just see. Yeah, you know, you line up and put the you know, wrap around the shoulders, and you're know, okay. Okay, he's going to charge at me. Uh, yeah. yeah, but people are doing some interesting shit with them. There's a, a few big named uh, Smash uh, Smash players that are working at some interesting tech with Banjo Kazooie. So it might just be I'm too used to my characters in Smash Bros. Like mm. the Ike and uh, Ryu, Ken, Greninja, 
Link, that kind of thing. Maybe it's just not the character for me, but Banjo was never my game, so he's not made for me. Yeah. But as I've said, I'm fucking very happy that he's in the game. They did announce after Banjo, because uh, Sakurai does this thing where he announces the character and he does a little breakdown where he places the character, but shows off their moves, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, he did also say when he was showing off uh, Banjo, he said, I am not saying that the Banjo Kazooie games are going to come to Switch. If you want to play them, buy an Xbox One. Right. And I was watching this on Twitch and everyone's just going, Did Sakurai just tell me to buy an Xbox One? Like, yeah, he fucking did. <laughs> the boy getting paid, alright? So Sakurai told people to buy an Xbox if they wanted to play Banjo Kazooie. And people were just kind of confused, but ultimately that was swept aside really quickly when they realised that Banjo was dropping in a matter of hours. So when they announced that Banjo was going live on the 7th, they then ended the direct with another character reveal. Mm-hmm. And I get you're not a big fighting game guy, but the. Do you know uh, SNK and the King of Fighters games? No. Right. Well, this is going to be a very boring segment for you. <laughs> but uh, I was introduced to this character through a game called Capcom versus SNK 2, which is all the Capcom players against um, all the SNK players. You probably you probably recognise him if you've seen him. Uh, Terry Bogard is the character's name. Trucker Cat, blonde hair. I'm, uh, I'm Googling it. Googling it right now. Well, anyway, he got, he got announced into Smash Bros and I was just I was very fucking happy because I was terrified that it was going to be Minecraft Steve genuinely he's sh- coming you can't fight the Minecraft I can and I will but uh, this your boy yeah that's Terry Bogart oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he got dropped into the game because he is the Ryu of SNK say, like, he, he looks like Ryu <laughs> yeah and he's because he's the Ryu but he's got a different he doesn't have the uppercut but he still has the fireball but he has to slam the ground that kind of releases a little wave Okay. Yeah. Actually, the move's called Power Wave. So it punches the ground and it just sends a little fire wave across the ground. Hmm. And uh, naturally, people went fucking apeshit because a lot of people were thinking it's going to be uh, Halmaru from Samurai Showdown, who's another sword wielding character. And people are pig sick of Samurai uh, sword wielding characters in Smash Bros. <laughs> There's just so fucking many of them. And despite the fact that my main character is a sword user, I'm just like, no, I don't want any more sword. I want weird, unique, funky characters. Like, give me another Dragon Quest hero. Yeah. Despite the fact he uses a sword and shield, I rarely use the sword and shield. I just pepper people with magic. Uh, that's just... It, with When Terry Bogard was there, I was like, oh, cool, another fighting character, another legacy character from another system. Because I think SNK games maybe got released on the SNES, but more often than not, it was on their home console, the Neo Geo. Yeah. And uh, having Terry Bogard and Smash looking the character model looking better than any other 3D Terry Bogard you've ever seen <laughs> must have made SNK think fuck what are we doing <laughs> we released why these... did we license out the one that we actually like uh, <laughs> why didn't it, why did they do it better than us and then you look to King of Fighters 14 on the Playstation 4 and it's, that looks like a Playstation 2 model you look on the, the Switch which is the inferior the, uh, the inferior technology console and it looks twice as good you, you need to step up your game but yeah, Terry Bogard is going to be the next character in Smash he drops in November and I personally can't fucking wait to play as the character because last time I played as Terry Bogard was in Capcom vs SNK 2 and he was a lot of fun to play as yeah. uh, he has the he has a move called Rising Tackle where he just kind of does a Dragon Ball Z thing he spins in midair and if you get caught in that you take about 8 hits of damage so I can imagine that being his recovery move hmm. he's got a distance move called Burn Knuckle where he just does this big fire punch yeah. rockets towards him and he's a neutral B will probably just be power wave. If he gets a good like move set that works yeah. with him as a character, yeah. I can imagine him translating quite well to Smash because he's quite a quick character normally, and he's got a lot of uh, moves. That he's he's very combo. Um, it lends himself very well to a combo. Yeah. So I can imagine that translating really, really well into Smash. That's good. And uh, yeah, I think 
that'd be quite an spot to end up because Capcom and SNK3 happened in Smash Bros probably many years before Capcom versus SNK3 is ever going to actually happen in real life. <laughs> that's that's why I fucking love Smash Bros right now. It's just making moves that no one's expecting because yeah. no one would ever thought they'd see Terry Bogard or fucking Joker from Persona yeah. This, is, this is the MCU of fighting games yeah. and also like they're randomly grabbing in Batman for some reason what I was going to say have you seen did someone leak a rumour to you that Batman was coming to Smash <laughs> like, what the fuck no it's just like it's like it's all the MCU characters so like they're bringing, bringing them in from different franchises yeah. and stuff and you're like okay well they can't have Spider-Man oh we got Spider-Man and all of a sudden it's like okay from out of nowhere out comes fucking Batman yeah <laughs> I mean that's definitely what it feels like and I think uh, apparently Microsoft are going to have another representative, representative in there and I thought, well, you've already got Banjo. Fans were happy at that. If you put Master Chief in there, that's going to piss people off. It could be Master Chief, or it could be Batman. <laughs> could be Batman. <laughs> Batman could make it in the Smash. I, I think maybe could. Uh, uh, I mean, Sakurai has gone on record many, yeah, many, yeah. many, many, many times saying that movie characters, comic book characters, and manga characters will never get in. So mm-hmm. no Iron Man, no Wolverine, no Batman, no Goku, no Naruto, uh, nothing from a movie. None of that shit. So unfortunately, you're never going to get Tom Cruise from Top Gun in Smash Bros. Oh no, not <laughs> not not lack of Tom Cruise. I I was hoping to get some Tom Cruise. I, we all need some more Tom Cruise, and no, we don't. Just as as a quick segue, um, I didn't know that Naruto, by the way, is twenty years old. Yeah. What the fuck happened there? I feel like we got Naruto well when we were in high school. Was the the manga? Oh, the manga. The manga's yeah, twenty years yeah, old yeah, yeah. at this point, which is like damn. I keep forgetting that shit isn't shit needs to work up to TV show yeah <laughs> stuff like you, as I say like capitalist society like the, the best stuff makes it up like the, the good stuff makes it up in anime like the, there's a lot of stuff that we don't see some of it's like it's tragically not been adapted yet some of it's like yes, yeah uh, we can we can live without this one <laughs> yeah. then again the one anime that someone did point me to because I'm a, a fan of uh, Junji Ito I love yes. the way that guy draws his, uh, his new anime is dog shit absolute shit the Junji Ito collection was bad yeah because the books are so fucking stunningly well drawn and the the art style that he uses is eerie as hell yeah to translate that into that horrible mess they fucked up if uh, I, I talked about them a lot the last time uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf did a video on Junji Ito yeah that's one I'm a massive was. fan and he was saying that there's the fact that you have to turn the page in a Junji Ito comic and a Junji, Ingo, Junji Ito manga Junji Ito, yeah. Junji Ito manga uh, like he says the fact that you have to turn the page and you know what's coming makes it so much fun yeah, I hate that excitement but like, then when you watch you the can, show you're just kind of mm. yeah uh, his breakdown of one of the scenes for um, I think it was it's like an old woman he says this is what it looks like in, in the book and you turn the page and there is a full page shot of a horrific woman yeah. standing in a window staring dead into you and she's staring through your soul yeah and it looks like in the the uh, the picture that you're talking about it looks like she's locking eyes with you I know that she's got the weird kind of jewels all around the neck she's got the skeletal hand horrible it, it reminds face. me of uh, Miss Havisham from uh, uh, what's it Great Expectations I think it's Great Charles Dickens but mm. there's a, a description of an old haggard woman and it, she has gone completely shut in she isn't uh, speaking to anyone but she's so decayed mm. at this point that she's almost dead and it looks th- that looks what Junji to Drew Reminds me a lot of the description of yeah. Havisham during uh, Great Expectations. And yeah, it's it, it's definitely shit because the only other Junji Ito property that we've seen was a very very bad sci-fi movie. So when I heard that the anime was coming, I thought you know what I'll give it a shot. I like uh, Junji Ito stuff. The first one I was I introduced to was a uh, Glyceride. 
about mm. the uh, it's about uh, there's a it's a, a single father with his daughter and son and they own a takeaway uh, not a takeaway a sort of restaurant place and oh, the place is coated with grease right and the grease slowly kind of morphs morphs them almost and one kid gets he gets this horrible spot covered face yeah. and you've seen the panel where the guy squeezes his face and all the oh, and pus drops yeah. out in the face but uh, they keep drinking the grease and eventually at one point the dad is cutting his own leg off and there's no blood it's just grease flowing out of his leg Ugh. and uh, they find out that they've been the meat that they're serving in the restaurant is just people and then because the girl's having dreams about the grease taking over our town and yeah. our brother uh, and our dad just Junjito's work is so yeah, you can tell he's a damaged dark. dude yeah I, I think there was something about in, in the supernatural they go into like part of his history and he was always afraid of the dark and people and all this stuff and it's yeah. weird and nuts oh there was one we was talking about when he had to go down into the basement of oh, his uh, yeah. yeah that's a fucking phenomenal book ah uh, it's great yeah. uh, I've talking about like anime adaptations I did promise a quick rundown of some stuff I'd recommend I was doing uh, looking for I was going to go rewatch some of the uh, Dave Chappelle special noticed Black Lagoon has popped back up on Netflix it went away for a while mm-hmm. Black Lagoon is fucking amazing mm-hmm. don't know if you've ever seen it but um, basically a, a working kind of like office guy gets kidnapped by pirates and they try to ransom him back the boss <laughs> the boss of his company says I oh, don't really care you can keep him <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and uh, they're like okay I guess we're just going to shoot you and throw you off the back of the boat he says no let me work for you and uh, he joins a basically a, a mercenary crew, right. and it's to do with the kind of underworld of uh, East Asia, and it's in like the eighties, late night, late eighties, early nineties. Mm. Fucking amazing show! Like it's 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 a very ultra violent show. All right, I put it on the level of Helsing. Oh, right. In terms yeah. of like just random gunfire, a lot of characters are protected by uh, being the main characters. A lot of plot armor going mm. on. Um, but yeah, I, I've said. If you want to enjoy some uh, gunslinging ultraviolence and fall in love with a god-tier waifu who will smash your balls with the heel of her boot, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Because <laughs> just, you know, like, I, as they like, some of the uh, the shots that come up, uh, like, some of the, the, the detail of, like, explicit gore and violence is amazing. But at the same time, some of the, the really tender moments between characters are like, oh, this is nice. And you realise that they're all horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> they're all nasty shit. Oh, people. you people don't deserve this moment. Uh, <laughs> um... The, the two new ones I, about, I, I said about Demon Slayer earlier I'm giving it a break to see what happens with its dub mm-hmm. um, because it's being put out on Toonami and I don't know when it's going to appear on streaming services that I can watch um, but uh, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba I, I think I've got that right on the, the pronunciation but it's made by a company called Ufotable who mostly work on the Fate series now, the Fate series is gorgeous mm-hmm. also complete fucking dog shit <laughs> it's absolute fucking nonsense great concept poorly executed the great concept is every seven years there appears the holy grail yeah and seven wizards fight using seven uh kind of ghost champions to obtain the holy grail and they have to fight in secret or else uh they basically risk uh, exposing the world to the fact that there is a holy grail and it does grant a magical wish uh that lasts for all of time like you can use this to attain great power what would you do, you know, what would happen to the world if we knew that existed? So they fight uh, in secret to have these battles and you have historical figures and even fictional figures coming out to be the historical champions. Um, The biggest or the best one that I've seen is Fate Zero. And I say the best because it's still garbage. Um, And that is mostly featuring uh, King Arthur 
which is Saber. King Arthur, by the way, is a woman. <laughs> this is it. every character that could possibly be turned from like a male to a female for the purposes of making a good wife has been. This has been done. That has been done. Yeah. <laughs> you have Merlin has been turned into a waifu. King Arthur has been turned into a waifu. King Arthur's daughter has been, or King Arthur's son is a girl as well because she's also needs to be a waifu. So that means that I think they made the explanation that Arthur asked Merlin to make. Uh, Arthur into a guy so he could bang his wife and then revert back to female and then the the, the son they had was also female for no fucking reason. <laughs> it is complete fucking nonsense. Yeah. And you football, God love them, they keep trying to make it make sense. But other than Fate Zero, I, there's there's a lot to try and explain. If you go through like a graph of um, how they're all interconnected because there's the original Fate Zero which is the original knight and then from there it depends on who wins the first or the the main holy grail war in the storyline and it splits off into three different parts and then once those the storylines split off they all become their own separate entities that have their own kind of canon it's complete fucking nonsense at some points there's a cooking show in there and it's all traveled through different anime different games different manga different light novels trying to keep track of it is an absolute it's a joke at this point it is a genuine meme in the anime community but this is what happens when you take a studio who has that much talent that they can make this watchable and give them a simple story so they just have to tell a good story and they just go let's go balls to the wall in the animation let's just make the animation as good as it could physically look yeah um and this is like one thing that they've always done really well is blending like 3d and uh, 2d cgi together mm. at the same time and some of this stuff is nuts there is uh there's normally you get the whole thing oh the manga is so much better um with this one there's a lot of people who are the manga purists who are like, shit, I think they might have us on this one. <laughs> there's one uh, there's one enemy because it is about a guy going and fighting like the random demon monster of the week yeah. type thing. And then this has... Uh, one scene that people were very curious about was a guy who can rotate the world. So like he'll stay in perspective, but anyone he's fighting will be flipped around as he like shifts a room around. And at one point, he does just pick up a room and just spin it while the main character's in it. And everyone looked at the manga and was like, that's a pretty cool scene. The anime made it look so much better than the manga. I've seen both the panels and the actual shot comparison. Mm. I'm like, I'm sorry. The manga just got absolutely fucking trumped in this one. Just watching this. It's it's weird that as they like the blending is more important than what they actually accomplish as far as 3D animation. Just yeah. because if it doesn't look like it's a real thing that's happening, it looks like a drawing of somebody running on top of a computer generated image. Yeah, yeah. The blending on this is unfucking real. And the everything from like attacks to like special effects that happens in the show like i'm still not sure if it's actually like if his attacks are actually creating magical like waterfalls behind it or if that's just something that's in his head and i can't tell if it's real or not it's a fucking gorgeous show but i definitely recommend it i want to see what happens with uh the actual like the, the dub whenever it's coming out because yeah. as i say i'm just not watching 24 episodes of subtitles phenomenal yeah, it's a lot of reading though it's a lot of reading, but again, I have to wait and see what Tanami does with it. Uh, next one was Fire Force. I don't know if you've seen that one. That's uh, Studio David, who do JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I think I think it's them. I'm pretty sure it's those guys that do Fire Force. All right. I originally thought this was going to be like an anime of firefighters. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. I'd watch that. And everybody's getting really hyped up for it. And I was like, okay, let's, let's see what happens. Nothing to do with firefighting. It's uh, like magic wizards fighting fire demons. <laughs> Because apparently in this world, uh, spontaneous human combustion is... Means demon possession. Yes, it's a cover for demon possession. 
we've, I, we've spoken about this before I think we have yeah I think but I've have. watched more of it since then I'm like oh there's bigger mysteries going on there's like some corruption and it turns out the group that our hero has joined is actually related to uh, hunting down and investigating other uh, departments of the special firefighting force and finding out if they're hiding anything from the government and the people and it's it's getting weirdly complicated weirdly fast it's kind of a weird premise for sure this guy joins a, a group of demon hunting firefighters <laughs> and he joins the internal affairs of the demon hunting firefighters the weird thing is i don't think he knows it yet all uh-huh, right so he's just joined he, them thinking i've yeah, just joined this cool group i think he just joined the group that uh, he was like closest to and i think he wanted to speak to like one of the captains so he joined that group to speak to the captain because he's investigating things that happened with his family in the past um, but I don't think he knows he's in like the. I think he just started to learn. I'm only about six episodes in, but he's just learned. Oh wait, I'm internal affairs for <laughs> for this. Well, this is convenient. Uh, oops. <laughs> oh shit. Um, and the last one was the thing I've been enjoying the most uh, recently is Ad Astra, which is weird because there's a movie called Astra coming out with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I think it's got Ad Astra as well. Yeah, with uh, uh, yeah Brad Pitt. Um, but this is the anime Ad Astra where it's a group of teenagers who are stuck out in space and having to get their way back home. And it starts with them going on, like, kind of interplanetary school trip, which you do, you know, it's the future. Yeah, well, um, And they get abducted in a weird wormhole that spits them out into space. But they luckily manage to trigger their spacesuits and have their helmets up so that when they go into the void, they actually survive long enough to realise there's a ship there. Hmm. And that is the, I think it is the Astra. Um, and then they, they have to, everything after that point is basically how do we solve problems to survive and it's a weird kind of journey home for a lot of these people and every week there's a different issue with either the ship or with the people and it all ties together nicely so that next week they're in peril in a different way and it's a different yeah. mystery and different it's kind of a danger of the week type thing then. yeah and it's it, it's fun to watch though I, oh. I don't know there's just the characters are very strong and well-rounded the the bigger mysteries that are in play explain why you have say a 17 year old who can act as the ship's doctor and is a better medical professional than most of people you would expect to be at like the age of 40 or so yeah, yeah. you know she can diagnose things out of nowhere that you're like how do you know any of that <laughs> then you realize why and you're like oh because the, the the big twist towards the ends are getting kind of complicated and i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing how this all pans out because if it ends really well like this is going to be like i will own this in blu-ray and just kind of have it there to just bust it out once a year to yeah. rewatch again or just to kind of bring friends and say look look at this <laughs> look 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 at it. <laughs> it's shiny. They're riding giant chicken people. <laughs> there was at one point there was giant chickens on a planet that yeah, there was giant chickens <laughs> planet, at one point. <laughs> the planet Foghorn Leghorn. That's where he originally came from. Uh, but they that was a really weird one because they were trying to discover what was um, why there was like these giant plants everywhere, and it turns out the plants just knock everything out and then uh, break down whatever they don't kill. No. And they figure it out, but for some reason, someone singing saves the day. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> because the power of friendship I guess through the songs or something Yeah, I think she's just using her song to keep people awake because if they fall asleep they die um, and they need to try and keep everyone awake and she's like I she's guess screaming at the people's ears stay awake I guess I'll bust out my massive operatic singing voice <laughs> <laughs> that I kept hidden very well yeah uh, well it turns out she's very shut in because her, her mum told her don't draw attention to yourself because you're really tall and you look like you, you stand out already mm. just don't draw attention to yourself you'll be fine and there's a lot of the the kind of things that parents imprint on their kids as good behaviours that turn out to be harmful later on down the road. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of kind of reconciliation with stuff. There's actually a, a, a transgender character that's 
very well played. I think it's technically intersex that she or he was born with both sets of genitals, so they are both male and female, but they were raised as a girl but now identify as male. So they're kind of dealing with that and it's really well handled. I'm like, this is kind of nuanced. <laughs> I like this this kind of take of uh, the individual has a very certain way of things where it's like, I'm okay with being me. I just hope no one else has any issues and everyone's like, no, I don't think I care. I'll be honest, I, I just, I'm cool with it. You know, do, do your thing. You know, just help yeah, us you, get home. <laughs> we're, just, we're trapped in space. We don't really give a fuck right now. Every other week, there's some new fucking mystery or some new, like, almost murder plot we have to solve. Like, honestly, we don't care. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're fine with this. Just, we have other things to deal with right now. But it was, uh, it was pretty good and I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm up to episode 10 for that and I'm just, I'm waiting for episode 11 to drop because it should come out tonight. As soon as it comes out, I'm watching the show. F5 on the, on the monitor. Like, Funimation the announced things are out. Fuck it. <laughs> it bugs the shit out of me. But yeah, those are top recommendations. Ad Astra, um, Fire Force, and uh, Demon Slayer are all going to be on Funimation. If you don't have that, Black Lagoon is up on Netflix. Yep. I would, again, 10 out of 10 recommend everyone those shows. If you're looking for something new to watch, something new to experience, I am going to start watching Steins Gate because I got someone else to watch Steins Gate at work. And then I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it with you. Totally forgot about it. <laughs> They've just come back from a holiday. so now, like, you just, now you just need to play catch-up constantly. Yeah, they, they came back from holiday. like, yeah, I just watched uh, I watched Little Soundscape. What do you think of it? Uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen Steinsgate. That's about the gate. Yeah. And, and the Steins and the beer Steins. And the, the, the microwave of banana to time travel. That's what that show's about. Okay. Uh, I think <laughs> Dom that... just checked out. <laughs> I think that's going to bring us to a close for this week. Um, uh, well, actually, I was going to give a showstopper. I, <laughs> I got one. Can I, can I just say, edit this out if you want, but I, I've now missed my bus and I was supposed to be home by now. <laughs> so we kind of need to wrap this show. <laughs> so I was going to have a showstopper, but Dom is running a bit late, so we're yeah. going to just call it there. I mean, it's been about three and a bit hours. Do you really yeah. need to tell us some kind of weird freak show to get you to go yeah. to bed at night? You can you'll wait till next time. Yeah. All right, we'll give you the double showstopper next week. Ooh, or next time. Well, the show starter and a showstopper. Yeah, there <laughs> we're, we go. we're gonna make you leave the room. We're gonna bring you back in. Then we're gonna make you leave the room again. It, it's actually it will make you leave the room to go throw up. I guarantee. Okay, yeah, right. we'll, we'll leave that till next week because we are running a bit over time. That's because the bus system in Scotland is shite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not even first bus as well we can't no it is first bus oh is it right but they okay. were just right it was way too late but still garbage but still shite they may be garbage but we've been talking jibberfish I'm Colin Graham I'm Dom Anderson and yeah we've been talking jibberfish